and welcome to the 74th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight, we have Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how's everything going this week for you? Pretty good. Excellent. And Mark, are you feeling any better since last week? Yeah, a little congested still. So I might yeah. uh, still be a bit of a mouth breather, but I was able to, <laughs> to the gym again and uh, loosen some uh, some stuff up. So yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. A lot good. Better. Yeah. You guys done with your Christmas shopping? Oh, months ago. <laughs> I did all my Christmas shopping without setting foot in a mall. Oh, good for you. All I, online. Perfect. Yeah. I um I had yesterday off and so my mom needed to do some shopping too, so I went up and visited her and we went to the mall. And so we were there stupidly. So yesterday was my day off mm-hmm. and uh, I woke up at f- like 5.30. No idea why. Just couldn't get myself to fall back asleep after I woke up. And so I like ended up going out to my mom's house super early and we got to the mall at 8.30 because we thought the stores opened at 8. Turns out they didn't open till 9. And so we just walked around the circle of the, our mall and uh, waited for the stores to open. But it was totally worth it and got everything done. Got some awesome Christmas you. gifts for my family. So. Did you get lapped by any seniors doing their circuits? Uh, oh, dude, they, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty intense, man. The mall is a, is a complete circle. It's like, I, I forget, it might be a mile every, or maybe a half a mile every circle, every time you go around. Okay. And uh, so it is always used by the older folks. And actually my mom and dad go there sometimes in the evening and uh, walk around it. But it's very popular for that because it is a, a perfect circle. So. Yeah, you don't want to mess with those power walkers. Right. Because then, you know, every, every time they, they, you know, pass by, they'll clip you in the ankles, they'll hit you with uh, <laughs> with an elbow. I've been it's cut like, by seniors before, and it's not a pleasant sight. I all of a sudden want to play Road Rash with the mall edition. <laughs> Walking the mall is, edition. You try, mall you try to retaliate, and then you're the bad guy for hitting a senior. Right. But exactly. they, they serve me the ball. I just returned the serve. <laughs> Officer, you know? Whatever. Oh man. And what about you, Ash? How's your shopping coming? Um uh Yeah. I will be doing that the day before Christmas Eve. Friday, <laughs> Friday night. People. Yeah. Uh yeah, cause so, uh yeah, because Black Friday we did the responsible thing and paid for our vacation because you know, fuck everyone else. Good for you. <laughs> my problem with shopping online and doing it early. <laughs> Is that then the closer you get to the season, into the event, you're like, oh, this person was like this, this yeah. person like that. So now you're almost doubling your purchases. Right. So somebody's going to have a really good Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm really excited. I cannot wait for Sunday because I know some of the things I'm getting and I'm excited to get. And I know, so, uh, you know, obviously the things I bought for people that I'm excited for them to have. So yeah. I cannot wait. It's going to be a, a great Christmas this year. So. Mm-hmm. So tonight we will be concluding our home invasion arc with a review of Knock Knock from 2015. We're also going to uh, we've got a, just an action-packed show tonight. We're going to discuss the films we were assigned from last week's Best in the Backlog Challenge, moving on to round number 11, reveal the next podcast arc, and discuss what our 2017 media New Year's resolutions are going to be. So 
I can't wait to talk about all of those. So before that, though, just a reminder, you can interact with us in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us using any of those services. And we are also very excited to let you know that you can now find Cinefessions on Instagram. Mark is going to kind of be uh, leading the way there on Instagram. So posting whatever the hell he wants, really. And all of us have access to it. So whatever the hell any of us want. Um, but make sure you follow us on Instagram. It's Cinefessions. Very easy to find. Follow us there. There might not be anything up there right now, but I'm sure give Mark a couple days and that is going to be loaded with awesome shit. So definitely follow us on Instagram as well. And you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 73 podcast episodes at Cinefessions.com. So finally, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners can get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle device, so head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. Mark, you excited to to have access to the Cinefessions Twitter uh, Instagram account? I am. I'm actually trying to take a picture right now as you are plugging away. Good. Uh, but now, of course, I gotta play along with uh, around with some of these settings. So, yeah. oh yeah. And then the podcast will have our first picture up. Hell yeah! Good. That's awesome. The second, and then the third one's a dick pic. <laughs> the third one's always a dick pic. Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. And, and and also, we're going to be more active on the Cinefessions Twitter uh, account. I know I use my Twitter account all the time. Mark uses his very frequently. Ash uses his all the time. So uh, we really want to make sure that the Cinefessions Twitter account, th- that there's a reason to follow it. Because frankly, right now, there's not too much of a reason. So we want to give you guys a reason to add that to your list of uh, people that you follow. So uh, making sure everybody has access to that as well, the three of us. So yeah. Definitely make sure you follow that for more fun. Yeah, I really want to be more interactive with our listeners and as yeah. well, uh, pr- you know, give more content being podcasts, pictures, just interactions. I'd really like to to make 2017 great again. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So, Ash, do anything fun in the world of media this past week? Oh fuck yes! Awesome. Uh, the the binge watch of CSI continues, and we're on my uh, one of my favorite seasons because it's the miniature killer throughout the season. Uh, oh, so, okay. I've heard about that. I've not like, seen it, but I've heard about it. Uh, like, it's, it's a, a great kind of story. Arc. It, it goes. <laughs> it takes place over like the whole series. Uh, that season anyway. Okay. Yeah, it, it's spread out, but the the idea is this guy. Uh, kills these people but then he leaves behind a miniature perfect miniature mock-up of the crime scene like he actually uses their blood for the blood pools in the miniature and shit like that and they're trying to figure oh, out wow. who the person is who did it yeah and when and when the murder went wrong he actually fixed the miniature before he left so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she didn't die in the right position so he fixed the miniature so that it matched 
Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, that that's one of my favorite arcs. Um, but uh, so we've been watching that. Uh, I actually got out to the movies for a change. Yay! Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, went and saw Rogue One. I loved it. Fucking awesome. Um, Good. My wife barely managed to stay awake through it, but I think that's more she was exhausted and only mildly interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna go into it because you guys haven't seen it yet, and right, and I don't want to risk spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah I, the uh, the characters are well written. Um, the uh, the Alan Tudyk's character K two S O is freaking hilarious. Oh my god. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it in 3d. I went to the cheap showing cause, uh, money and I didn't yeah. want a headache. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend if you have time for it, if you go see that in the theater, make time afterwards to watch a new hope, like right after, because it adds a lot of kind of subtext to that opening crawl okay. and, uh, okay. and, and uh, stuff that goes on in a new hope. So. That's uh, awesome. I'm actually, like I said last time, I'm I'm doing a Cinefession series review through the Star Wars films, and I'm actually on. I just finished episode three the, a couple of days ago, and so we're at Rogue One right now in the chronological order of the series. So I'm hoping to get out. Uh, I don't know if it'll be this weekend or or next, but sometime soon. Yeah, it, I definitely recommend definitely recommend seeing the theaters. I, the only the only complaint I have uh, is I'm sure they won't do it. Is like a a cut. Uh, using like the different takes before the reshoots because mm. y- you can tell just by watching the trailers if you pay attention to the trailers and then watch the movie there are a lot of things that got changed um, oh right it's not not necessarily bad it's just i think i think it was a much darker movie before they made the re- did the reshoots <laughs> that's what <laughs> we were saying is that uh, a lot of the stuff in the trailer you won't see in the film yeah and, uh, yeah they were extensive apparently apparently the original film was really dark I'm hoping they release the dark version as well, or at least as a special yeah. feature or something. Um, I, I, well, I don't know that they'll release like it with like completed effect shots and stuff like that because I don't know how far they got with it, you know. But oh, uh, I bet because Disney's behind it, if they can make mm-hmm. uh, you know another home video release, and you know anybody who's got the first one will get the second. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. the The only thing I think about that is that I remember they were like, "Oh yeah, Force Awakens is going to have." All sorts of stuff all over the Blu-ray, and we had, like, three minutes of cut footage that wasn't completed that had, like, no context and didn't make any damn sense. And mm-hmm. then, like, they added, like, a couple more, and it's just like, yeah, you're not doing it. So, I don't know. I, and if they do, great, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Oh, I think they're going to trickle everything out little bit by little bit with every release. You know, it's been five years. Here's a five-year anniversary. Here's a 10-year anniversary. You know, they're going to release the original trilogy again on Bluey, uh, apparently sometime next year. So, oh, yeah. We'll get so many different versions of this film on different formats over the course of the next decade. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, So we watched that, and then uh, I went through my regular stuff. Um but uh, yeah, I am back to updating my letterbox again. I got that all caught up. So oh, good. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I updated mine for the first time probably uh, probably now probably about a month ago and haven't touched it again since. But yeah, I've uh, my wife and I've been playing ESO Elder Scrolls Online. They uh, they have a holiday oh. event going on. Um, okay. Uh, which is a lot of fun. One of the quests is hilarious because it's like they this one. 
they do like a Footloose parody because one of the factions has banned dancing in this area. So you go to the taverns and dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That yeah. game is like dirt cheap now. Yeah. But yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's if when we were paying the monthly, when we were paying the monthly fee for it, it was like, eh, because we didn't play it enough, but yeah. we already bought it. So it's just like they took away the monthly subscription. So it's Oh, just, there's not a fee for it monthly anymore? No. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, they uh, they, they took the, the monthly fee away, so it's just a straight up, you know, you have to buy the, you have to buy the content, though, unless you want to mm. pay the monthly fee, but there's enough in the base game. We haven't bought the packs yet at all. Yeah. And we're not even close to touching the packs. So, you know, and we've been playing on and off again for like a month and a half. So awesome. Yeah. sounds like a good week. Better than uh, you've had at least the past couple weeks. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like I'm back to almost a normal schedule. Still six days a week, but, you know, not nine hour days anymore. Oh, so. okay. Good. <laughs> so good. bonus. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I didn't do too terribly much. I guess um, I started. Uh, I started playing. So, PSN had the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, which is like Grand Theft Auto three, four. I'm sorry, <laughs> three, Vice City and San Andreas on sale for twenty bucks. And so I finally, it was the price I wanted to pay for it. So I bought that on PS4, and I started playing Grand Theft Auto three. And it like that's one of the first, obviously the first Grand Theft Auto that I became obsessed with. Um, I'd played. The other ones before it, but three is obviously, you know, just a landmark game. And so I remember in high school playing that for hours on end after, after school. And, um, yeah, so it's a little difficult to go back to just the, uh, controls are just a little wonkier than what we're used to now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's fun, but it's kind of a pain in the ass too. And so I started, um, I had Saints Row 2 on PlayStation 3. Actually, I have Saints Row 2 and 3, thanks to like the PS Plus promotions way back when. And so I started playing Saints Row 2 to see if it would uh, kind of improve on some of the controls. And it does a lot. But, um, you know, I get to like basically like through like the intro. And then you have to earn respect before you can actually start doing missions. And I'm not really clear how to earn that respect yet. And so I've kind of just was just like going around killing people, you know, because that's what those games are for. Just to have fun. And um yeah, so I started playing that one also, but I don't really know anything about the story in Saints Row 2. At least GTA 3, I've actually got into the story a little bit. Um, and then because I was into the sandbox, I was like, oh, I have GTA 5, but I don't have GTA 4. I have all these others. Why not GTA 4? So, of course, I had to go out and buy Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, I actually had the the two, like, sequel, not the the, the uh, DLC form. The yeah, the add-ons, yeah. And uh, the Ballad of, Ballad of, of Gay, Gay Tony. Tony. Yeah. Yep. I love GTA 4. I, yeah, Nico or the uh, your character. Right. I just I really enjoyed this tour, and that was the first game that really like three GTA three was the reason why I bought a PS two, mm-hmm. and the jump from San Andreas to GTA four graphically, yeah, like jaw dropping for the time, right? Oh, I'm sure, yeah, um, yeah. I know I've played GTA four, but I don't really remember too much of it. I remember more of GTA five because I. Played probably, uh, I don't know, maybe a quarter to halfway through the story mode on the Xbox 360. And now I then I got rid of it because it was coming out on Xbox One. So I now own an Xbox One and I haven't touched it since I got it again because I got to start mm-hmm. from the beginning. So that pisses me off. But um, 
Yeah, so I grabbed GTA 4, so now I have, you know, all of the major releases since PS2 up to now, so that makes me happy. Um, and then I also grabbed, I don't know why, but I grabbed Valkyrie, Valkyria Chronicles. Well, you did. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it was only eight bucks, I think I paid for it. Nine bucks, ten bucks, something like yeah, that. That's, that's not bad. I actually ended up paying, yeah. when it launched, I think I paid 30 bucks for it because it dropped by the... Oh, you did give me those? Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't know what I paid for that one because I have no idea. But I, it was <laughs> it was part one of my uh, games, like first games I got on PS3. So okay, yeah. And so um, it's a you know strategy RPG game. So and I've heard nothing but great things about it. So I'll try to start that one eventually. Um, Homefront, the second one. So Homefront: The Revolution. Uh, that one I've heard was just horrible when it came out. Tons of just like glitches, it's unplayable, blah, blah, blah. Well, Chris, I was talking with Chris and uh, he said that he read that they've patched it since then and it's a much more playable experience now. I love the original Homefront. I love that game. I played through it in probably two, three days, beat the story, and then I really liked playing it online. Um, and so I was excited for this sequel to come out and then until I started reading the reviews on it. Uh, but rumor has it it's been patched. And I hope that's true. Uh, and it was on sale. The Steelbook was on sale with my GCU at Best Buy. I paid $8 for it. And so I bought that um, because it was only $8 and I bought it on PS4. So Chris was talking about uh, co-oping through it. So that should be fun. Um, I'm hoping that he's right and that it was patched. Otherwise, I feel like I just bought a broken game. But Eight bucks for the steelbook, so I can't be, you know, can't pass that up. Um, and then they also had the Transformers steelbook that we talked about in the past. How I didn't own it, uh, um, you bought it. That I did, and uh, I got it for six. It was on sale for sixteen ninety nine at Best Buy. And then I got home, and uh, my mom picked it up the bag, and she was like, "Wasn't this on your Christmas list?" Because she makes me put it together a Christmas list for. Her. And I was like, uh, yeah, it is. And she's like, um, you need to return that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I uh, had returned my copy, but I will be getting it for Christmas. So that's always a good thing. So I'm excited <laughs> to get that one. But yeah. Oops. But if you don't have it and you're looking for it, the Steelbook is on sale this week for $16.99 at Best Buy. So make sure you check that out if you want that. But yeah. So uh, last night we actually, uh, me and my two buddies went to SmackDown Live at the Joe Louis Arena. Their second to last show at the Joe. They're coming back for Raw in uh, kind of the middle of March. So on the road to WrestleMania. Um, but this was the third show. I think I went with this particular group of people, third or four, fourth show. And um the last two shows have kind of been underwhelming, not very good. Um, SmackDown, that's the last one we went to, which was a Raw before the brand split. And then um, last night, SmackDown Live, which they uh, they do 205 Live after it, which is the Cruiserweights. And uh, the the show was not, not that interesting. Um, it was okay, but I don't know, nothing really stood out to me. The opening match was dumb as hell because it was James Ellsworth versus... AJ Styles for the title, and Why would Styles you like show? punched him. Yeah. Why would you start your show with your main event? Because that's just I know. Me. I, I just know. don't get That's what I said. I was like, "Well, now we just seen all the main event players. So what now?" And uh, yeah, they had what was the main event? Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler, and ends in a fucking double countout. It's like, oh, <laughs> this was this was cool. Um, and then like half the crowd left for two hundred five live. And the matches were just kind of boring. The main event was good with Neville 
um, Perkins, um, the champ whose name I forget, and uh, uh, Spanky. Swan. Yeah, Rick, Rick Swan and uh, uh, Brian Kendrick. That um, was a good match, but um, the crowd really wasn't into it, and uh, whatever. That's the Brian, Brian Kendrick. Yes, the. the Kendrick. Excuse me. That's my bad. You're accused. <laughs> uh, the best match was the dark match afterwards. It was uh, The Miz, who we saw three times that night, which Maurice is just smoking hot in person. Wow. But The Miz with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt versus uh, American Alpha and Dean Ambrose. Nice. And uh, like when it's a dark match, they're just having fun and they're not really in character. And uh, the crowd right behind the Miz was just giving them so much shit. And he was talking back to them and they were like, you can't wrestle. Yes, he can. You know what I mean? It's like it was half the crowd saying you can't wrestle. They're half saying, yes, he can. And mm-hmm. uh, so he gets in the ring with uh, I, f- I don't know who's who on the American Alpha, the white guy on American Alpha. That's Chad Gable. Okay, Gable, he gets him down in a wrestling maneuver, like a real like collegiate wrestling maneuver, and just holds him on the mat for the longest time. And uh, the other guy and Dean Ambrose are just laughing their asses off because uh, Miz can't like get out of this wrestling maneuver. And then finally he gets out and they start like, you know, quote unquote professional wrestling or whatever. And then he gets out tagged out and Miz like, uh, he starts, he just like yells real wrestling and, they, and the crowd just starts going nuts on him. Like it was hilarious. I know it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, the Miz went from like this person who I just despised to like one of my favorite personalities on SmackDown. He's a really, really good in-ring worker and he's great on the mic. Um, I don't know. He's, just improved so much since when I first started watching him. Um, and I really enjoy watching him now. And so I think he was, he was a lot of fun to watch, but, um, yeah, other than that though, it was just another disappointing event. Um, so I'm honestly not even sure if we're going to go to, uh, the next raw that comes. Um, but I think why these last two have been so disappointing is because the one we went to before was when Shane O'Mac returned to the WWE, which was like the loudest ovation and just craziest thing, like wrestling thing I've ever been a part of. It was fucking amazing and unforgettable. And so like we were just spoiled with that. And so everything else has just kind of been eh since then. And well, so, how, how long were you there for if you had SmackDown plus? Dude, it five, felt five. like for fucking ever. We got there. At like 7.15 and we didn't leave until almost like 11.30, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. And the wrestling started about 7.45. There was a dark match, but I can't remember who fought. But yeah, um, it was a, it, it felt like a long event and it wasn't even a pay-per-view. Well, so it It is long to keep the crowd going, you know? Yeah. And they didn't. Like the crowd was, I felt like the crowd wasn't as into it as they had been in the past. And that's too bad for the guys performing in the ring. Right. You know, and like if the dark match is after everything else, mm-hmm. like wh- why you've got two hours of wrestling, got three yep. hours of two hundred five. It's because it's because SmackDown's li- live and two hundred five is live, and yeah. so like that's the only time they have it. Oh, watching them change the ring out from the two hundred five li- uh, from the SmackDown live ring to the two hundred five live ring mm-hmm. was really interesting because they have like what a minute and a half maybe. And they changed the ring ropes. That's the thing I was most interested in. So they go from blue ring ropes to purple ring ropes. And I was like, how are they going to change it out? Well, it turns out it's just duct tape. They put fucking purple duct tape over the blue rope. And uh, like, yeah, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, really? They just tape it over? Yeah. 
But yep. after a while, those rings are going to be so thick <laughs> with tape over They tape. take it off at the end because they were, that's what they were oh. doing at the end. They just take the purple back off. Yeah. Honestly, who cares? Don't, why even like, – that's why why I hate change about Raw it? is like they go purple for one match and it's back to Raw. Leave <laughs> the ropes – like you're on Raw. Yeah, you're a 205 show on Raw. Leave the ropes the color that they are. I like that. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, because I'm just not a fan of 205 Live at all. I am either. And I don't like the cruiserweights on Raw. Mm-mm. It's a fast forward segment. Like, oh, the ropes are purple. This break, make some food, come back. So right. on, fast forward, you know? Yeah. One it's thing really I thought was interesting back. was that I think they made the ropes tighter. The Like, they, they were, like, adjusting the slack that was in the ropes. Okay. When they went to the cruiserweight, they made it tighter so it was bouncier. I thought I, – I don't know that that's what they did, but that's what it looked like. Then yeah. when I saw the guys bouncing off it, it looked tighter, which would make sense because, I mean, they're 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 springier that way. And that's mm-hmm. what they're all about, you know? So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But watching them change between it was pretty fun. And, man, they were just like – then when the, the intro ended, they were like, oh, shit. Like, we have like 10 seconds to get the hell out of this ring. And they're just all going crazy. It was funny. And there's so many guys doing so many different things behind the scenes. But yeah, we had really good seats. They were, um, you know, not on the floor, which I hate sitting on the floor unless you're sitting front row, which I've never done. But I've sat in the floor before and like you can't see anything because if somebody's like, it's not on a rake. And so if anyone moves in front of you or too tall in front of you or stands up, there's you can't see a damn thing. So I like sitting okay. right up in kind of like the lower bowl is where we sat when they were really good seats. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, last thing, and then I'll move on to you, Mark. Uh, finally, I received my Nintendo 64 anthology hardcover book that I ordered over a month ago now. Mine's uh, on that back finally order. came today. Yeah, mine's on back order. I have no date on oh, when I'm going to get it. Really? Yep. Wow. That you sucks. You sent me an email saying if I still wanted it. I'm like, yeah. So I oh, my gosh. I go into Amazon.com and click a button saying, yes, I still want it. So That's I don't know nuts. when I'm going to get it. Yeah, like honestly, I didn't think I was going to. I thought they were going to – because I, I, it was scheduled for shipping like Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And then it then it just – it said that this title has not yet been released. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like it's not going to come. Amazon's not getting it. And then randomly got an email saying, hey, it'll be here Wednesday. And it came today. It is – it's gorgeous. I cracked it because it was in – it was sealed. I cracked it open. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a very good-looking book. I hope you are able to get your hands on it because I think you'll really like it. Um I can't wait to actually dive into it and uh, look through it. But it has like ah, just so much shit in there. So really, really worth the money that we paid for it, assuming yeah. that you're able to get it. So uh, I think eventually I might get a second printing or something. But, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just, it just sucks that because uh, I ordered it soon after you told me about it. Yeah. I think even same day of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. I on and uh, place the order. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully sometime uh, by spring. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. All right, Mark. So what did you do? Oh, I watched a whole shit ton of movies. Uh, <laughs> I will go through a few that uh, I want to talk about that people might find interesting. Um, I watched a movie called Beyond the Gates. Uh, reason why is, uh, well, Barbara Crampton's in it, and I'm a big fan of her work, and I think she's gone through like an indie horror revolution since like You're Next. Mm-hmm. She's always been around, but I think like since You're Next kind of brought her back to the forefront in a way, and she's in just some cool flicks. Since. And like she's, she's you know, horror royalty, you know, from her right. work in the 80s with uh, Stuart Gordon and all that. Um, so... 
Yeah, so I watched Beyond the Gates just based on her being there. And I like the idea of, of the film. Um, so family owned a video store. Mother passed away. Father's missing. Two brothers remaining are there to uh, clean out his video rental store because they presume he's dead. And uh, they come across a uh, a uh, like VC, VHS board game like... Uh, was it Frightmare? Remember those, like, you know, 80s, 90s, like, VHS board games where you have to pop in the tape and then follow the VHS tape and you play along on the board? I think it was called Frightmare. Anyway. Honestly, I don't, but I believe no. they existed. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. I've I not. I think the main one was Frightmare, but pretty much so you pop in the VHS tape and then it kind of, you know, the host or whatever the, the, the gimmick is, you follow whatever. It's kind of like a choose one adventure in a way. Okay. But you got to fast forward, rewind the tape and whatever. Um, <laughs> so they play this, they, they play this game called Beyond the Gates in a way, hoping to find their father because his disappearance is linked to the game because he played, it's kind of like an evil Jumanji where he played the game, got sucked <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so I, I watched this and uh, Barbara Crampton is the person on the VHS tape. But it's like, this game is odd because she's talking you're responding and she's responding to your comments you know it's like what's is this tape haunted is this tape cursed like what is this right Mm. so pretty much her role in the film is the host on the host of the game on vhs so she's never alive in person with the other actors she's always on screen and you kind of just see her head i could watch her for days i fucking (laughs) love barbara camden she can do no wrong um, I like the idea of this movie. I just don't find the execution that great. It was mm. done on a budget. Uh, I'm not sure how much the budget actually was. Um, I think they've accomplished a lot with the money they had, but I'm just not a fan of the lead uh, guy. So it's the two brothers. Uh, one brother I found uh, decent, the other one not. Um, the guy who plays Gordon is a Graham Skipper, and he's supposed to be like this tight laced. You know, one brother's wild and does things, you know, on, you know, on the bad side of the law. The other one's tight laced and, you know, is proper. And I thought he was so stiff and just unlikable. Um, so he kind of, his performance kind of turned me off in the film. The film does take a long time to start, but the gore gags in the movie are pretty badass. Um, I did recognize one actor, if I can find them, uh, quickly here. Uh, I think his name is Matt, uh, that, yeah, Matt Mercer. And you would know him from the film series Contracted, Contracted and Contracted Phase 2. Oh, you okay. That we talked about it, about uh, the guy who banged corpses and then bangs his girl, and then she gets like this, this you know, sexual transmitted disease yep. that turns into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Well, he plays um, uh, a guy called uh, Riley in both films. Um, mm. Contracted 2 is pretty much Riley's movie. But oh, okay. Eight. I haven't seen that one yet. I've only seen the first one. Okay. I know Ash has seen both. Yeah, yeah. And it's because of Ash that I watched the second one. Because the first yeah. one, I'm like, yeah, it's good. But, you know. Um, so, I recognize him right away. And I, I kind of like the actor. He's actually pretty decent. Sorry, um, I, but it, which, which movie? I'm sorry. Contracted and Contracted Phase 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's in that one. And he's got a cameo in this one. Decent. But, yeah. It just Graham's um, portrayal of Gordon, I just didn't like. 
Um, so I like the gimmick. I think it's fun to go back to these VHS board games. I just don't find the film was that because of maybe limited budget and the, the one of the main I just couldn't get behind. Um, so I, I would recommend to watch it, but it's not one that probably, actually, no, that's not true. I probably would buy it on Blu-ray just because, you know, I buy everything on Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> but if it wasn't for Barbara Cramden, I'd say it's a pass. But because she's an, she's a horror icon yeah. and she's fantastic in this one, just as the host, um, I say it's a watch. So it, it's a passable recommendation for me, but I would still ask you to check it out if you have the means. I believe it's on VOD right now. Um, another one, uh, I finally sat down and had no expectations for and started watching The Equalizer. Denzel's oh, watching okay. Den- The yeah. Equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh man, this movie, it's a remake of an 80s TV show and it's over two hours long. I'm like, this is going to suck. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. <laughs> it was actually really good. Um, Imagine a very similar to John Wick, where there's a big morality play here, you know, um, like Denzel plays the equalizer. And if he finds that, the, you know, somebody did you wrong, he's going to fix it more or less, you know, um, I, I, for an action film. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. And I, I've always liked Denzel's work. Some stuff I, I don't care much for, like um, Book of Eli. It's too bibbly for me. I, it just, you know, you get into scriptures and stuff. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I could. Even Gary Oldman can save that movie. Um, and like Unstoppable with Chris Pine. Runaway Train. I just don't really care. I'm sure it's going to, it would be a fun watch if I actually sat down to watch it. It'll just never be my first pick of a film to watch. Yeah. Um, but like, then he does like, you know, this more popcorn affair, like Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. That was a blast. So I, sh- I should not judge. A book by its cover, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> That's how I am. So I finally watched Equalizer. I really liked it. Um, I would recommend it. So that's all I'll see on that one. Um, oh, one I watched last night at work, which it's a film like you know I bought it because it was I met I went to my my favorite Russian video store. It was only twelve dollars. <laughs> it's a Nicolas Cage movie, so whatever you know. <laughs> I watched a movie he made this year with Elijah Wood, The Trust. Oh, okay. There are two cops that try to pull off a heist. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, it was good. Oh, yeah? I was blown away. It was still kind of cooking the cage, but fucking good cooking the cage. Not like Seasons mm. of the Witch or, you know, it was really, really good. Um, again, like direct-to-video um, like, you know, you get a digital copy with the Blu-ray. It's like for only for Google play. So, you know, it's, it's very, very independent. Um, I, I, without spoiling too much, I really dug it. I thought Elijah Wood was awesome. Elijah Wood plays Elijah Wood, you know, always the yeah. character, you know, depending right. on is this right, is this wrong, you know? Um, and Nick Cage plays his boss and there are two Vegas police officers. Um, oh, fuck cameo. Jerry Lewis is in this movie. He oh, plays, wow. Yeah, he plays Nicolas Cage's dad. Um, so, yeah, so this movie actually has some pretty decent um, pretty decent stars in it. Um, again, I don't want to ruin too much of it because it is brand spanking new, and I kind of want people to see this. It's a recommend for me. It's good post-crazy Nicolas Cage. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking if he continues to go back on this path here, playing, you know, being in better films, 
he might get back to his greatness that he used to be. Um, mm. And then again, though, I do like Crazy Nick Cage. Like, I will swear by uh, Bad Lieutenant 2 Protocol, it's Crazy Cocaine Nick Cage, which is fun if you're in the mood for it. Um, this one was not Crazy Cocaine Nick Cage, but still glint in his eye crazy. And uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. It was beyond what I expected. So two thumbs up on my part for this one. Um, Good. Yeah, another one, um, because you guys, have, I believe, have seen it already. I finally watched The Purge Election Year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I liked it, not as much as Purge 2. I liked Purge 2 oh, a lot God. more. Yeah, I, I dug Purge 2 more, but this one was still better than the first one. <laughs> but it's a different type of film. This is, again, a, you know, go from point A to point B film, kind of like, you know, the, the second one when Purge 1 was straight up um, home invasion oh film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was good. I like Frank Grillo. Um, uh, McKelty Williamson, which to me will always be part of Bubba Gump. Um, <laughs> no matter what he does, and, you know, and that's, and that sucks for him because he played, uh, I didn't Bubba. even know that was him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He plays Bubba so well in, in, uh, in Forrest Gump. He'll always be to me. He'll always be Bubba. Um, but yeah, he was awesome in this one as well. Um, the masks were awesome. Like, you know, when the Europeans come to yeah. do a purge holiday, they're all just up in U.S. Uh, right. uh, garb. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I just, I think I like Purge 2 better. So mm. I'll leave that as that. Last one I want to talk about, because I've seen a lot this week. Yeah. Um, so, again, I'm catching up some podcasts, and I do listen to the Talk Without Rhythm podcast that my friend Ian does. And uh, he did one episode from uh, Halloween where he watched the WNUF Halloween special. And yeah, what the hell is watched... that? Okay, I'll talk briefly about that. So it's a film from 2013, which I had no clue from a few years ago. Yeah. But so these, this the director wanted to remake a 80s looking. Pretty much, you pop in this movie, and it looks like a 1980s Halloween broadcast. It's a news show that okay. after the half hour, they've got a live a live uh, haunted house thing where they'll go to this haunted house with some with some uh, psychics and try to talk to the dead, you know? So it's a house oh, okay. where there was murders 20 years ago. They're going to go back to the house, and they're going to do like a... Like a, um, oh, what's his name with the mustache? Uh, Geraldo Rivera expose, oh. you know, when Geraldo <laughs> Rivera went to the, yep. uh, went to the, uh, vault to try to open the vault to what's inside, you know, Al Capone's vault. So something similar like this, but like, you know, on a like local news station vibe. So you're watching this and it's got a fucking shit ton of like 80s feeling commercials. It feels like an 80s broadcast where somebody took an old VHS tape and then just like ported to the DVD Blu ray. And that's what you're watching. It's so nostalgic. For me, kid of the 80s, I fucking loved it. It had nothing but fake commercials, fake movie trailers, um, fake news, and like news clips. And I liked it a lot. Uh, would it, I think it kind of, kind of falls through at the end. Yeah. Um, again, not wanting to spoil anything. Um, but as a nostalgic feel, I, I, I really liked it. Um, so, so is, is that, there like yeah. a story that you follow from beginning to end or no? Well, yes. Uh, it puts you into the, the news and then it, and then it becomes the, 
um, the live at this haunted house. We're going to try to talk to the dead and find out what's going on. Um, and just things don't go well in this haunted house. And so you're pretty much following the reporter that's on site with his executive producer. And it's like, oh, shit, I heard, a, oh, you know, where's where's the cat? Oh, got to find the cat. And then they find the cat all mutilated. And, show. Um, and okay, cut to commercials. And then they play like these commercials. They come back. Hi, this is Frank again from WNEF. We're now going to go to the second floor of the house. And, you know, so it's kind of like a, a ghost hunter show before they became shitty ghost hunter shows on TV. Right. Know? Uh, but with an 80s feel. So uh, very cool. now me watching it, you know, close to ho- Christmas kind of sucked but that's my bad i'm a busy guy i watched all the shitty stuff i should have watched this two months ago but i didn't um would it be like an annual watch no i don't think so but to watch this every like you know maybe five or so years or so that'd be awesome but again it appeals to me because i was a kid during the 80s right mm-hmm. um so somebody born in the year 2000 be like eh, well, what, what is this what is this supposed to be but it, right. i was the target audience i'm the demo and it hit me in all the feels. I realized. Now, did you wow, buy this on I, Blu-ray or? No, no. Okay. I got a copy from a buddy. Okay, gotcha. So I believe it's out on DVD, um, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Actually, I'll che- you know I'll check while uh, someone else is talking, and I'll yeah. get back to you guys on this. Sounds good. But I believe it's out on DVD. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah. So now. The reason why I watched that is because it's also attached because my buddy Ian does a podcast with two, they do two films that kind of pair together. So the other one was a TV broadcast from 1992 called Ghost Watch from BBC. Do you guys know anything about that at all? No, I don't. Okay. So it's, it's got a similar gimmick to the WNUF um, show. So it's presented as a live Colin BBC show where the conjuring two, if you've seen that film takes a lot of its story from this. Okay. It's a woman with two kids and their house is haunted by this spirit called pipes, <laughs> which call them pipes is because they hear banging in the house and go, mom, what is that? Oh, it's just the pipes. So they call this entity pipes. So the BBC, they got, uh, like they got um, like a studio. It's kind of it's a bit telephony where they have like a bank of uh, of phones and people manning the phones saying, "Hey, yeah, no, I've got this occurrence." Or they play film clips of like you know the paranormal happening in the house. It's like, did you guys see this? Did you guys see this? And then people calling like, "Ah, oh, we saw that on the on the TV." And like, oh, I don't see. Mm. It. So it, it's kind of like it's, it's got this live feel, even though yeah. it's it's not live at all. It was a pre-recorded, you know, drama, dramatic piece, but they used uh, actual BBC personalities to do this, and oh, okay. they, they air it. And they're like, "Yeah, we're we're watching this to see if there's actually any uh, truth to her claim that her house is haunted." And you got these skeptics that you know counterpoint the people that believe, and so this had a, a big feel, kind of like War of the Worlds, like from Orson Welles back in the fifties when he did his radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Or was that the thirties? Anyways, um, people probably the, the 30s, right? 30s. 29, 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people were contacting BBC thinking this was real and it caused a mass panic because it's presented like a real BBC show. Like it's, 
it's it's really good. Hmm. Um, I don't want to I don't want to ruin the end because again, these shows are fantastic, and yeah. I just don't want to spoil this. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's from '92. Um, it's available on DVD. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. Go check it out. Um, oh. I think living in the UK and like knowing these personalities maybe helps a bit. Right. Uh, but me not knowing these these people, but they act legit and like they're playing themselves. So yeah. It, and what it, was it, the title of that one again? This one's called Ghost Watch. And uh, yeah, again, without I don't divulge any any more than I've already said. Or I probably said too much already. But <laughs> I like this one more than WNUF. Oh, okay. um, slightly, just because I was kind of obviously I know it wasn't real, but I was still kind of gripped. Like, how are they going to end this? Yeah, and uh, fuck, it's good. So if you like Conjuring Two, it takes a lot from Ghost Watch. Same scenario. Um, it, it's worth a check. So I would highly suggest this one as well. Okay. Yeah. So uh, updates here. War of the World was 1938. That was that broadcast. Okay. Um, WNUF's Halloween special is not available on DVD, at least on Amazon. Um, okay. It is available streaming if you have Shutter, or you can rent the movie in SD for $3.99 or buy the movie in SD for $9.99. Apparently, there's no HD version available on Amazon Instant. So, well, Apparently, for like viral marketing for WNUF, yeah. they were... Uh... They were placing strategic copies of the uh, of the show on VHS in like local populated like horror areas around the around the states. Yeah, so, I was reading that they like would drop them randomly, like fifty at a, like a um, uh, horror convention, like just random, and then they would drive down this Baltimore, and apparently is where their filmmakers are from. Yeah, and they would th- just throw them out the window as they're yeah. driving down the road. So I mean, that's. Some of these Crazy. copies would show up in thrift stores. So if you go yeah. like to like a like a pawn shop, or not pawn shop, but like a like a vintage store, you would see, find copies of it. Very cool. But you know, again, it's a small. You're you're hitting a small market, and then word of mouth comes in. Like I did not know about this. Um, I heard about it about two years ago, but I didn't watch it till till this this year. Okay. And uh, now I know why my my buddy Andy was pushing me to watch. I'm like, it's really good. I'm like. Yeah, two years later, it is really good. So I highly recommend it. If you want to wait till like the Halloween season to watch it, do so. But uh, it was really good. I, I really recommend it. Great. Yeah. That's so awesome. apart from that, I watched some other things, but uh, I've I've spoken too long. So yeah, let's keep on trucking. Excellent. All right. Very cool. So let's move over to our review of the week here so we are going to conclude our home invasion arc with a review of (laughs) i i'm gonna act like i didn't hear that of 2015's knock knock and so as always if you've not seen the film there will be spoilers from beginning to end so make sure you pause the podcast go watch the film and then come back and hit play if you care about spoilers so again there will be major spoilers for knock knock now, Knock Knock was directed by Eli Roth, written by Eli Roth, Nicholas Lopez, and Guillermo Amioto. Something along those lines. It has an IMDb <laughs> score of, <laughs> of 4.9 out of 48,766 votes, a Metacritic score of 53, a tomato meter of 34%, and an audience score of 21%. It had a budget of $2.5 million and a gross of $34,000. So... Ash, what is your history with Knock Knock? <sighs> I rented it earlier in the year. Okay. Uh, watched it then. 
I wasn't that thrilled with it. Okay. And what about you, Mark? What's your history with Knock Knock? Um, I don't have one. Okay. Um, I, bought, I bought them Blu-ray because I wanted to watch it because I yeah. do like Eli's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't watch it until the recording of this podcast. Yeah, I was certain. There wasn't a, a doubt in my mind that I owned Knock Knock on Blu-ray. I pictured it on my shelf in my Blu-ray collection. Then the other day I went to watch it and I'm looking because everything's alphabetized. I'm like, oh, it's not there. That's weird. I thought I had it in the case still. So I pulled down my bind, one of my binders where it would be not there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, did I put it downstairs? Or, like, what did I do with this? So finally I finally look at my collection. Sure enough, I don't own it, which just, I, I don't know why I thought I owned it. I was certain I own this movie on Blu-ray, but apparently I don't. And so uh, fortunately it was streaming on Netflix, I believe is where I watched it. No, Amazon Instant Video, I think is where I watched it. Okay. And so- um, Netflix, I think, at one point. But. Yeah, I think you're right, because that's where I first looked for it, because I thought I was seen it there. But yeah, and so thank God that came through. Otherwise, I would have had to make a late night run out to Best Buy. So yeah, and that was the, uh, the the first time I've seen it. Otherwise, I just heard about it, um, saw the trailer for it, and really, really wanted to watch the movie, because I thought the trailer looked just awesome and something that I would love. And so that's why I thought for sure I bought it, but apparently I didn't. So... I don't own it, but I did watch it on streaming. So there's that. All right. So now I said last week that I feel I felt like this week's film, Knock Knock, would be just uh, significantly different than the other home invasion films we watched up to this point. And I, I don't know if you guys agree, and I'm interested to see if you do, but I think I nailed it without even watching the film. I feel like this is a significantly different home invasion film than the rest of this arc. Do you? Would you agree with that? 100%. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but with that in mind, um, just going through my notes like always here, um, I the the opening shots – um, obviously there, there's shots of Los Angeles. I thought they were just beautiful. Uh, I mean, I love the city and, uh, I just love that it showed us going from kind of like the downtown area to the, the more secluded area. But frankly, we weren't even that secluded. There was houses near, um, not as, as close as like a subdivision I live in, for example, but, uh, compared to the other films that we've been watching, this was not a very secluded area, and I thought that was interesting. One of one of the first differences I noticed between this film and the others. Yeah, but it felt secluded because uh, it was Father's Day, and everybody mm-hmm. was uh, um, out camping or whatnot, so nobody right. was home. Yeah. Now I want to quickly say uh, before mm-hmm. we dive too far deep into the uh, discussion of the film, so yeah. I listened to uh, the commentary. Uh, Good. Which uh, I really liked a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we'll uh, get to a, a scene where uh, Kenuga goes to the door because his massage uh, therapist is at the house. Right. Um, so she's played by Colleen Camp, and she's also a producer of the film. Oh, okay. This film uh, is heavily, um, I guess, uh, is heavily influenced by a movie that she made that got a very little release in North America, but was huge in the UK called Death Game. From yes. 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it's... So apparently there's a lot from Death Game that uh, 
is, uh, I guess, manipulated into this film. And what I found interesting is that another influence of this film would be Last House on the Left, the Wes Craven edition. I guess uh, there's a lot of um, similarity with uh, the second half when the parents in uh, Last House realize that the people that they have in their home are not who they seem to be. Mm-hmm. So I guess a lot of that is heavily influenced into this as well once we get to like to the second half of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I, I did know about uh, the, the remake because it's actually listed as a remake of that film on IMDb. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. And uh, Chris actually uh, was watching, I believe it was that one, on uh, YouTube. It was on YouTube and he was watching it. And you good? Um, I don't think he liked it, no. Hmm. But I'm serious. I don't I like remember. Yeah. No, I would definitely be interested also. But I haven't uh, – I never sat down and watched the whole thing. And it, and it's funny, like when I saw Colleen Camp in the film, mm-hmm. right away I knew that she was in Die Hard with a Vengeance of all movies because she was oh. one of the female detectives uh, that helps John during his day. Oh, like okay. I believe she was. Uh, well, I think she's the only female detective. Uh, she uh, tries to save the kids when they're trapped in the school because they locked themselves in when the bomb is going. Yeah, Did you man. That at all? No, okay. I just selective memory. So, uh, yeah, I just knew right away from uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance of all films. But gotcha. She's been in Apocalypse Now, American Hustle, but no, it's Die Hard <laughs> from 95. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen I've seen that, but I, it's been so long, I don't, I can't put her, I can't place her. Okay. Well, um, but that scene, I thought, I laughed my ass off at that scene. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh, when she's at the door? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. the second half of that movie, I was I was watching this with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I'm cringing so hard. Like, I'm just, I'm getting exhausted because I'm mm-hmm. so tense. Like, but we'll, we'll get into it later. But yeah, um, first time watch on it, I'm like, I was rigid as a board, and not in a good way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, this film gave me the heebie-jeebies. Really? Totally. Oh, my wow. God. That's uh, that's interesting. I get. I mean, we can talk about any point. We you know anything at this point. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay. Um, and I think that's interesting because I felt like I felt like the film didn't really, uh, the film didn't have as big of an effect on me as I was hoping it would. Okay. Um. Now. Okay. So let's get this out of the way. And uh, yeah, I, I I was telling myself before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Either either people are going to like me or they're going to hate me after this recording. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, because of me and my stance, I was rooting for Keanu Reeves the whole time. Oh, I, oh. I absolutely was too. Okay, okay. And uh, that's, But that's interesting because I think that's one of the problems with the film is I don't know who the film wants us to root for. Who are we supposed to be rooting for in this film? I, I feel like it, it, it should have taken a few more steps to kind of make it clear yeah. Who's who's I don't know, not who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because it's obvious who's the good guy and the bad guy, but I I don't know like these two girls come into his house. Yeah. He wasn't seeking them out. Yes. I uh, they I mean they do everything to seduce him in the most obvious way possible. Yeah. I mean he's he's a straight a heterosexual man who's being seduced by two obviously attractive women. Very attractive. Um you know it's like ah and he has no. sex with him. Okay. That's bad. He cheated on his wife. 
But how does that prove that he doesn't love his children? Um, and, and how does that set up this whole second half where they're trying to justify that he deserves this? And then they're, they're calling him a pedophile, which I, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing in the world to me. I don't know how it, realistically Keanu's character believed that they were actually underage. I mean, they, I, they clearly look like they're in their mid twenties to me and they were actually older than that at time of filming. One, I think was 30. One was like 28 or 27. Like they don't, I mean, they look younger, but not, not well, underage young. Like what thing is, I, you know, the next morning when they're making breakfast or when they're, yeah. making, they're making the mess mm-hmm. and, you know, they're acting like 14-year-olds right. or 12-year-olds. And the way their makeup was done, I'm like, I can totally see being minors. Oh, yeah. I'll okay. see my wife, my wife, though, got carded for Blair Witch when she was 27. Yeah. So, I mean... I, well, I, I don't know. I think that's a... I, I, I don't know. I think that's different. I, I Like, honestly, up until the end, I, I'm like, holy fuck, they're they're young but now the thing is see again like you had mentioned he was at home working you know like they reconned the guy but yeah he was at home doing his thing working they came to him they and it was a high stress situation sure and, and plus mm-hmm. and like he was fighting him off a lot yes he would come close to him he would change seat right close to him again he would change seat they're the one talking sex like he's being a nice guy exactly and now you, you do notice at the beginning of the film that, you know, he hurt his shoulder. Yeah. Because he was trying to impress a, another right. girl. Right. Yep. Exactly. So a like, 25-year-old. Yeah. So, like, yeah, maybe he's a bit of a hound dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if these two girls come to your door. Right. Ah, man. Like, <laughs> no. oh, how do I how do I pose a question without sounding a complete dirtbag? But, it, right. It, well, you know what I mean? Do I have to even say anything? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing when I first watched it. I'm like, okay, I can understand what he did was wrong by sleeping with them. However, mm-hmm. they went, you know, they went out of their way to seduce him, and then it's like they go absolutely apeshit to destroy his life because he slept with them. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, um, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, that bugged I me. I think you know what? It's a morality play. Where you know one, but where one decision will change the course of your life, right? Right. <laughs> Pardon me, but does does he deserve? Yeah. Sure. Okay. He had a moment of indiscretion, mm-hmm. right? Does he deserve what he got? Yeah. When, uh, I say you're, no. Right. I was like, if you're if you're asking, it's not a rhetorical question. The answer is absolutely not. Like, <laughs> not even a question in my mind. I mean. He walks in the bathroom where they are butt ass naked and like he's and they're still like trying to get him to do it and he's still trying to push him away. But then they start like basically, you know, doing the D, you know, they they double team. They go down on him. It's like, like, what? ah. How? I just I they are they are psychotic. These two women are psychotic people who are using whatever stupid excuse they can find to fulfill their psychotic fantasies. That's how I looked at it. Uh, I I just – I don't think there's even an argument to me and I think that's one of the weaknesses of the film. I don't think there's even an argument of is this justifiable? 
it's it's ridiculous to me. The man cheated on his wife. He, maybe he should. Maybe his wife should leave him. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you know whatever. But yeah. that's up to them. But does he deserve to have his like his his whole life ruined because of this this one thing? No. He has I, sex with two consensual no. women. Like, and that's the thing. Is if yeah. he had, if he had raped them, and it was like a revenge thing, I could totally get it. I could totally, and I would be like, you know, okay, go for it. But at the same time, it's just like, can you, yeah, can you say that one more time? It was breaking up, and I didn't hear you. Oh no, yeah, sorry. Uh, if he had like raped them, yes, I, I would absolutely have no problem with them going absolutely apeshit on him. Absolutely fucking right. Yep, no doubt. But, and and I think they intentionally made it kind of like squicky. It is very a very squicky situation. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh god, ugh, there's no you know. At first, it's like okay, there's no good answer for this, but then it's just like they go completely nuts on him, and it's just like, uh, okay, you'd lost me. <laughs> you'd yeah. Lost me. <laughs> but then later on, they rape him, or at least ended their armistice. Bell. Yes. You know he's dead to the bed. Yes. You know they they. They prep him, mm-hmm. and then she bangs him without his consent. Right. Yeah. So he says, really, she she's the villain, right? Exactly. The, the, the girls in this movie to me are the villains. Um, just for the yeah. fact the way that they treat his vinyl later on in the film. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, <tell> you. <laughs> I, I love the stuff with the vinyl. Obviously, everyone who listens knows I just started collecting vinyl. And so, like, I loved the stuff with the vinyl, the way he was able, like, putting on the music and kind of trying to impress them by that. First off, the Spanish song that was played, I thought was just yeah. an awesome song. Like, I want I want to get that. I like that. And Wait, then, like, puts on the other track next to it. I thought that was really cool. I really liked what they did, which it makes sense because, you know, they say his backstory is that he used to be a DJ. And so it makes sense. But I, I don't really remember cool. what song he played. I, I have no idea what it was called. It was it was like a, a dance song, I would call it, I guess. But it was in Spanish because yeah, the, was a, the girl spoke Chile. Spanish. It's a Chilean uh, artist because this was okay. filmed in uh, in Chile. Yes. Yeah, I um, saw that. So there's a, there's, you know, and he's filmed his last few movies in Chile, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Green Inferno, as right. well as Aftershocks, which if you can find oh, on Netflix, yeah. it is fucking good. Think of a disaster movie. With horror gore elements, oh my god, it, it's so good. Anyways, uh, but back to this one though. Um, oh fuck, I forgot my train of thought. But yeah, the the uh, the uh, the singer is a Chilean uh, singer songwriter, I guess. Yeah, uh, and like and like he was a bit trying to relive his past a bit when he was DJing, you know. Right. If he yep. still has the chops, like okay, okay, I think at a point he was like, well, maybe you know, let's see if I can seduce and not seduce her, but like impress her. Yeah. Um. But I don't think, like, honestly, you know, he was being a nice guy. Yep. I don't think he would have taken advantage of the, uh, I don't think he would have had sex with the girls unless they initiated it after, you know, so much innuendo, you know? Yeah. Um, but right. I don't think he would have put the moves on them. But at the same time, we didn't really get a chance for that because they laid it on pretty thick right away. Yeah. So, I don't know. And the other thing that kind of bugs me, I don't, I'm not sure if it works yet, and maybe you can make it work. So they say, so, okay, what am I trying to say? Get my thoughts together here. So it's made out to be kind of this random thing in in one way, and that 
you know, he goes outside and yells and they're like, oh, yell all you want. We Nobody's home. We knocked on every door. And so it's kind of random in that sense that they've knocked on all these doors and this was the one who's home. Yet, later on we find out, because they start doing the monster thing, which was so fucking annoying at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> but they start doing the monster thing. And so therefore, that leads me to believe this isn't random. They sought him out. And watched him, followed him, found out he was going to be alone, and then showed up looking as hot as they possibly could. And they were very attractive women at his door. So, is it random or is it not? Like, I wouldn't. To me, it's not random at all. And it's not the first time they've done this. No, it's definitely not the first time. You know, uh, no, they they, they completely scouted this guy and (laughs) waited for him to be alone. And they knew it was going to be alone for a long period of time to do this. Like, th- this is not a, a random occurrence. They they targeted the guy. I don't know what. Maybe, you know, uh, they targeted him when he was trying to impress the, the other girl where he hurt his shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is a this was a long-term con for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think this, this was not random at all. Yeah. I, uh, I, that was the other thing, too, is people don't always answer the door when they're home. I know I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know for a fact. I'm like, this would never happen to me because I don't want to answer somebody's door. Exactly. If, package, <laughs> if I know UPS is coming, I'll I'll gladly open the door. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a doorbell ring. I'm not answering the door. Right. And see, what kills me though is I I agree with you, absolutely. But why do they throw in those lines about oh you know we knocked on. This was the only, you were the only one that answered. Basically, it's the stranger's line of because you were home, it just in a different form. It's like, why do they even do that? I, it's what I don't understand. Why does the writer put that in there? To me, it's a, to set the story for, for Keanu. It's like, yeah, you're the first person that's the door, you know, because they're in yeah. a bit of a secluded, uh, you know, hillside, you know, mm-hmm. Hollywoody, you know, uh, area. It's full of big, all big houses. And like Ash mentioned, everybody answers the door. Right. He's the first one. You know, they knew he was home alone, but for him, he doesn't know that, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're the first one that's the door. Well, let me help you out, you two la- ladies, you know? Right. Um, so this is all for his – this setting a snare for him was like – this. the first third of the movie, or w- once the family leaves and it's just him and the girls, it's a total porn setup. Oh, yeah. Know? It's like, oh, are your pipes uh, clogged? Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody called the repairman. Oh, here's these two girls stuck in the rain at yeah. night. Yes. Come indoors and, uh, you know, let me get you some clean clothes. <laughs> it's it's total, like, it's total porn setup. Yeah. It's, in a, in a way, you know, um, for guys, it could be a fantasy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, wow, what's my luck that two girls at my doorstep <laughs> freezing, yeah. needing, needing my help? Yes, yes, ladies, I'll come and help you. Come on inside. <laughs> I'll get you some robes. Ah, go by the fire. Sit down. Relax. Would you like some wine? Yeah. yeah. See, see, and my wife and I are the same same place on this. It's like, yeah, you invite them in, you give them a towel, you don't offer to like dry their clothes and shit. You get them a ride. Oh, well, that's a Canadian way. Well, the thing is, they they, they did they, they did that because the Uber is forty five minutes away, and they asked if they could dry the clothes. He didn't offer. I've been like, no. I'd be like, shit, I got two dryers. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like. <laughs> Putting myself in this situation, like, I hope I wouldn't, you know, at the end do what he did, but, like, everything leading up to that, 
I think is is totally uh, what understandable, plausible. You know what I mean? Like things that I would probably do. Just trying to be a nice person. You know, I wouldn't cheat on my wife, something like that. You know, but but up to that point. Yeah, but that's the thing. The setup is how you get to the point where the last two thirds of the movie happen. Say that one more time. (laughs) If you okay, but those steps leading up to that point are how you get to the last two thirds of the film. Right, absolutely. Yeah, he makes a different decision. To to me, it's he did what I call Canadian reasoning. (laughs) I can't wait to hear this. He's being helpful. It's like, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll I'll give Mm -hmm. you some sweatpants. Yeah, I'll I'll give you my I'll I'll give you uh, my uh, my striper T-shirt. Yeah, it's vintage. Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah, you wear (laughs) that for a bit. Well, let my clothes dry. Yeah, you know. You're just being courteous. Like, honestly, the guy was being very courteous and nice. Right. Because, as well, he's an older guy. There are two younger girls. Her phone got fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a bag of rice. Right. I'll put it in my rice bag for you. Like, he was just being very friendly because they're attractive. Now, if they were unattractive, would he act the same way? Probably not. There was Absolutely. A connection. Like, when you saw, um, I think, uh, Belle, when you saw the uh, her bra under from you know, mm-hmm. uh, through her, her shirt, Yep. It's like, yeah, obviously he was aroused. Right. You know, they're, they're cute girls. If they honestly, if they weren't attractive, he probably wouldn't have done all that. Mm-hmm. I admit. But that that's just guys being guys. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like like let, let's be frank here, you know? Yeah. Like there was a sexual attraction as soon as he opened the door. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, let's say it was two let's say it was two guys, right? Instead right. Of two girls. Would he have let them inside the house? We don't have a movie. Fuck no. Yeah, we don't have no. a movie that way. No. no I, I'll call you an Uber. You can sound my stoop to stay dry. But I'm not yeah. like two strange men in my house. Right. But two strange women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Take off your socks. I'll put them in the dryer for you. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he's wishing he could probably have sex with them. But he doesn't think he's actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, they're icing that cake real nice. And right. eventually, he ate his cake. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's the other thing, too, though, is most girls... Would not have entered his house even with him alone. They would have been like, "Yeah, we just need to, you know, you know, wait." I w- I would agree with that as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're obviously doing. Yeah. Right. They're obviously doing it for a reason. Like I, like I said, I, they're just psychotic, and this is their game that they're playing. But um, one thing I hope I never hear yeah. anybody call me or anything, Daddy. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's totally unsexualized. If it was slightly sexualized, if you're role playing, I don't want to hear daddy. I don't hear daddies. I don't want to hear any variation of dad. Nothing. <laughs> don't call me David, even. You know? <laughs> Is that your dad's name or something? No. I just, <sighs> you know, as sexy as it might be for the first few times, then when you're being raped by the girl and she's calling you daddy. <laughs> Yeah, the the word loses all its all its luster for me. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So, what was so? I think my favorite part in the, the whole film had to be the free pizza speech that Keanu <laughs> makes later in the film. What uh, What were your thoughts on that? I love pizza. <laughs> do you, Do you know what I'm talking? Do you know what speech I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's it, it's it's true. If you couldn't eat pizza for free, why wouldn't you? Right. It's like maybe if you would switch it to pie, it would be a little more relative, you know. <laughs> but he he's in the way he's kind of right. Everybody likes a free handout. You know yep. what I mean? 
Like, you go to the grocery store, the cashier gives you $20 too much in change. Are you going to go back? No, you're not going to go back. (laughs) A part of population will. And Mm -hmm. mm, I probably will. But some won't, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say I have given people too much because I obviously work at a bank, so I give people money all the time. And I've had a few people come back. And it's always appreciated. And you know what? You take the 20 bucks, put it back in your account. Thank you for being honest. And I appreciate that. But (laughs) a lot of people are looking for, uh, you know, they're trying to get more for more bank for the buck or Mm -hmm. for free. They will, you know, Um, again, look at me with my my nice little Russian store. Some things are cheaper. I'll buy it there. You know, Um, it's I think that's just human nature again. Yeah. And I think that his yeah. speech is basically what we've been saying for the past whatever we've been talking about it is he's he makes that argument that we're making right now. Um, I think he's one hundred percent right. Um, you know, I just don't. I just the the idea that because of that indiscretion he deserves to die is just so ridiculous to me. It's just these two psychopaths trying to make up um, justification for what they're doing. Um, and I even wrote down as I was writing that, that this is just, this is one where I think I'll be just pissed off if he doesn't win, um, which winning, you know, in quotes, whatever you want to call it, if he doesn't survive basically, um, which he survives, but frankly at the end, yeah, I'm jumping, we're jumping all over this week. Um, but at the end, honestly, if I, if I was in that situation, I was him. Yeah. Death might've been the better option there. Thank you. I was seeing the same thing. I'm like, if if that happened to me, I'd rather be dead. Yeah. That going on Facebook Live with like, I mean, how do you, how how do you recover? Like you destroyed my movie collection. Yeah. My my family life is not going to be ruined. You destroyed my house. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm losing all my friends. I think I'd rather be dead. Yeah. You know? Um, But I'm glad you mentioned because I was saying this, I was saying the exact same thing. I'm like, I think- but death would be an easier option. Yeah. I think by him winning, quote unquote, or surviving, I think he actually is losing. I think the you know women what? win. The, yeah. The woman won. He is not a winner. Mm-mm. He is alive, but he has he's destroyed. Right. He is destroyed. Um, question for you. Yeah. Question for both of you, I should say. Now, the movie ends with him, you know, fighting through his shoulder injury. Pops his hand up out of the grave, mm-hmm. and you know, once hit delete on the vid- on a sick video. Yeah, when hit like, <laughs> that is fucking awesome. Oh. I think the movie should have ended then. Yeah, it's like it says you like this video. It goes <laughs> and then cutscene credits. Uh. I'd rather have that be the end than having the family walk in like, what the fuck? The dad, dad had, had a party. A party. <laughs> <laughs> See, my thought... like his own sex tape. Right. Better. God, that was funny. I laughed my ass off. He hits it and then just yells up at the (laughs) sky. Like, that was hilarious. Um, Keanu Reeves is fucking awesome in this movie. um, I will give him that. Keanu Reeves does a really good job in this. Yeah. Like, when he goes through his rant where he calls them cunts and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, I'm like, you know what? It's what everybody's thinking. Right. It's what everybody's thinking. He's saying it, but he's saying with a gag and his facial expressions. Like, it just, oh, I laugh. Because at the point, it becomes a comedy. So much shit happens. It's a, it, it becomes a black comedy. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm gonna go right back to that in one second. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to skip your, your first point. So the ending, um, I, 
I, that's what I was thinking. I actually wrote down. So if it ended right there after the like, or they're showing the family, I kind of wanted to maybe see a couple seconds more, maybe a minute more. What what do they walk into? What happens now? Because they showed me them, I wanted to see a little bit more. I thought just the way it was, it should have been a little cut a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Or give me an extra minute. Give me an extra two minutes. What 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 now? Um, that's kind of what my thought was on that. But um, the second thing. So you guys said that you liked Keanu on this. You know, my the problem for me was for, well. First off, he just annoyed me right from the start. This like gravelly voice he was putting on was yeah. so annoying. I just oh, it bugged the shit out of me. I didn't understand why he was doing it. His um, Batman voice. He's trying to project. Yeah. You know, like he took off his shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little schlubby. He was he was like yeah. fucking middle-aged dad, you know? He was a dad, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So using his more gravelly, like like from Bruce Wayne to Batman, trying to suck in the gut more, pop the shoulders out, just yeah. trying to act a little more machismo than he actually is nowadays. Because <laughs> he's wearing those a dad sweater, mm-hmm. you know? He looks like, you know, I'm a, a father of two. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like, or this, I would say the stereotypical father of two. Yeah, exactly. So now he's got these two young hotties at the door. Mm-hmm. He wants to try to shave 15 years off his life. But he was doing the gravelly voice when he was talking with his kids and his wife in bed. And I just didn't understand why ah. at that point. It was like, I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't talk like this the whole film, which eventually he drops it. So I don't I don't know what the hell was going on. Maybe it was early in the morning. I don't who fucking know. I think I, but early morning. He, yeah, he started bugging me from the start. So yeah, And I think he was just goofing off with his kids. Yeah. Um I mean, that could be. Whatever the reason, it fucking annoyed me. <laughs> I guess the bottom line with the voice. Um, and I think there was a disconnect with the film as a whole. So I'm not sure if this was supposed to be a comedy, a black comedy, or what. And I think Keanu. Because this is, ugh, I want to almost say, frankly, all he's capable of. I think that's the route he was going with it. But I'm not sure Eli Roth was on the same page. Just given some of the, the, the things that were happening. It just felt like the actor and the director were not doing the same thing. And so it felt off to me. Um, and frankly, I didn't think Keanu was that great in this film. He had some really good moments when he was kind of, when it was over the top. But as a whole... I'm not sure that this was supposed to be a black comedy or not. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a black comedy or not. I don't think it. it I don't think it was a black comedy. But you know, when shit piles high enough, it becomes funny. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's listed as like an erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't yeah. say. I wouldn't say like to me, erotic thriller is like a Cinemax 11 p.m. 1990 right. movie. You know, like a Shannon Tweed film. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call this an erotic thriller. Um. There's a there's a few sexy moments at the beginning yeah um i would still call this i, I, I would say this is more of a thriller not a horror film but more of a uh, like a, it is a thriller uh, um kind of like in a way of like fatal attraction-y because i don't think it, well okay, i haven't seen fatal attraction in a long time i don't remember it being an erotic thriller but to, to me it's it's a thriller with you know some sexual elements um but it's not a comedy but i just took it after a while like holy fuck this is you know, like, you know, how many times can you kick a man when he's down? You know, where it becomes yeah. it becomes a funny thing, you know, where like it becomes mm-hmm. it becomes almost unrealistic, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So that's how, how that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I I would agree with you there. Um, and I guess I don't know. I guess it, it doesn't matter what the intentions are. It's just how you take it. But yeah, I don't know. Now, can we discuss the two ladies for a second? Please. <laughs> I, as much as they're, you know, we're kind of, we're really vilifying them. Mm-hmm. They're really fucking good. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. in the beginning, when, you know, they were talking to each other mm-hmm. without even saying anything. Like, these the odd looks to each other and the, the mannerisms. Like, yeah. They were really good. Like, Lorenza Izo, uh, she plays Genesis. Well, that's mm-hmm. Eli Roth's wife. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, they're married. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah, they're married. Story. I think they met during uh, when their aftermath film. Um, oh. I haven't seen the green, uh, the green uh, Inferno yet. I haven't either. Uh, she's in that one as well. Oh, um, well, I got to watch that. Then she is just drop dead gorgeous. Wait, no, okay. oh, no, I, I have to admit going the Rob Zombie route with her, right? Please tell me he's not. Every fucking film. Right. Yeah, but I don't find her annoying like I do Sherman and Tom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will give you that. Yeah, I will give that. <laughs> yeah but, uh, you know, I, I thought she was great. Then Anna de Armas. Oh, they're, they're talking how she was very Marilyn uh, Monroe-ish. Okay, you know? yeah. Man, she like she is drop-dead gorgeous with, with the blonde hair with the darker roots. Um, the, the way, like, the way... In a way, I could see why, you know, they were playing the whole pedophile act with him because, like, she's eating gum, like, from, like, you know, the foot by the, f- the fruit by the foot. Like, yeah. She's eating gum out of, like, one of those, like, toy uh, tape dispensers. Like, mm-hmm. it's like those foot-long gum things, you know? Um, bubble tape. Yeah, bubble tape. Thank you. For um, you, not them. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I-, I just thought, like, they played the role I don't know what kind of role they are. Seductress, uh, playful, child, like all, all these different like facets mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. You find them hot where you want to bang them yourself. And then <laughs> you want to wring their necks like Keanu did when like right. the, the first, like when you're not expecting them to go full cycle mm-hmm. and like he walks in the kitchen and you see that mess. Like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Right. Or you want to strangle them, you know? Um, so just for for them to have such a range, where they're 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 they're, they're sexy and then they're acting childlike, um, they're psychotic, but they're still I I don't know man like I don't think you know as much as we're like on team Reeves mm-hmm. for this film, um, these ladies really knocked it out of the park. Like I, oh I thought acting wise they were they infinitely better than what Keanu offered. Y- yes. I agree. Uh, I still picture myself more in the kennel role in this film. You know. Oh well, yeah. I th- obviously, um, we're we're <laughs> we yeah. are who we are. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, like, yeah. Like Anna de Armas, like she blew me away. And then yeah. you know, and and Lorenza Izzo as well when she's putting up and makeup while he's tied to the bed. Yeah, it's like, a great moment. She's beautiful, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I know she's gonna do bad. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah. it's like the calm, like. It's her moment of zen before mm-hmm. she goes all tornado. Right. And, you know, as much as I, I hate the characters, I love the performance. Right. No, no doubt about <laughs> it. My favorite outfit of hers, though, was when she was wearing, like, the workout outfit toward the late, like, the, the last Lemon. part of the film. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, looking um, good. Yeah. 
I'm a brun- I'm a I'm a brunette guy. What can I say? <laughs> Got to go with whoever the blonde. But another question for you, which you yeah. brought up in the commentary, which is a really good observation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I kind of like the commentary a little more than the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Kenny wakes up, searches the house. Mm-hmm. They're in the kitchen. So he makes a comment of, "Hey, I thought you guys had left." Yeah. Right. So they brought this up in the, in the commentary. What if he goes into the room and says, ladies, thank you very much for last night. I think I realize I'm in a loveless marriage and I'm going to do something about it. Would they have stopped what they're doing and just left? Like, would they still go and torture him? See, that that is an interesting question. And I am still 100% on the on the side that thinks these are just two psychotic people who are trying to get their rocks off and this is how they do it. And these are the bullshit excuses that they come up with to justify it to themselves. Yes. And so I think, yes, they would still do it. We don't know if they're crazy because we don't get any backstory for them, but I got the feeling watching us that if they're, they've either been tortured by men or they're nuts and I think even if Keanu hadn't slept with them um they would have done something to him. Uh, I, see, I completely disagree with that. I think if he would not have said sex with them, if he would have resisted the urge in the shower scene, um, they would have left and that's it. Uh, the whole point of their psychotic behavior is that well, when they've had a traumatic past with, with men, we don't know exactly what, but they scouted him and this was all a test. Do you, you know, do you love your life, uh, love your wife or not? I think that if, you know, they got into that Uber instead instead of, you know, playing in the bathroom, I think then this would have would have continued. And But they weren't ever going to get in the Uber. That's why they waited until the Uber got there and then started going into the bathroom because they knew that the Uber would eventually leave, which is what he does seconds later. I I, am, I, I disagree with that just because oh, they made a comment about saying where you know, uh, they've done this multiple times and it always comes to the same result where, you know, the guy has sex with them. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have been the first where he doesn't have sex with them. And I think it would have been just that. I think it would have been the end. I, I, I don't know what it is with the film, but I'm pretty sure that this was like a morality test that they perform on guys that have maybe looked like they have strayed in the past and they're going to put a stop to the string. I, See, I, I- I think you're still just you're just dumbfounded by their beauty and you're believing them and no. they're lying to you, Mark. They're I, lying to no, you. No, no, I don't think not, not to me. They wouldn't do, they wouldn't yeah, do that to well, Mark. Well, they wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> they're so, they're I, I really think, if you give them what they want, they would go away. I, I really think that if 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 you would have said, "Hey, you know what? This was a revelation, uh, revelation." Pardon revelation, me. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I think that I am unhappy with my situation. Uh, they, they sure they, they trashed his kitchen, but I think they got their answer. You know, like the, I think the, the the final result for them is like you know divorce. Like you fucked up, now you know for ruin your life. Now divorce does not ruin one's life, but it does set them back. And I th- I do believe that if he would have come to them and uh, did mention that uh, you know what this was this was uh, an eye opening experience where you know what you've made me realize I'm not happy. I think they would have stopped their 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 you know pedo act, and they would have gotten their things, and they would have gone to their next victim. I yeah. really, I really do believe that. 
Well, I respect that. I just disagree with it. Um, I just, uh, two people who, uh, they don't kill the guy, but they basically kill the guy. Their plan is to do that. They steal his inhaler, which he needs to survive, and then play monkey in the middle with it, and then he trips and dies, and they laugh and watch and then rub uh, like paper mache or whatever you call it over yeah. him. That is not a stable person who's going to make a, a, ra- a, a rational decision. That is a psychopath who is going to get whatever it is that they want done and then move on to something else. That's – I just I, – I have to – I can't get off that fact, I guess. That's just the way I see it. I just think that, you know, it, you know like somebody getting hit with a straight bullet, wrong place, wrong time with Lewis. Which, by the way, again, awesome Chilean actor. When I he, loved Lewis. Yeah, he, he was great. he went street on them. <laughs> I on know. Bitch, I'm from Compton. <laughs> or Oakland. Oh, yeah. Oakland. I, 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 I love that scene. And oh. I really thought he was going to save uh, uh, Keanu. But I'm like, yeah. it's, it's way too early in the film. <laughs> right. But... Uh, I, I still think, you know, for them, it was just like, how, he's another piece that just jumped into the into the game, you know, at that point where we're ruining Keno's life and he just walked into a hail of gunfire, unfortunately. I don't know. Just the way they react, it's uh, death is nothing to them. Well, I just think they're on full, like, okay, let's fuck him up zone. Like, you know, they're, they're in their role of like, we're going to dismantle this guy's life and it's not going to be pretty. Hmm. Um. I think it's interesting that it takes – it really it takes 54 minutes because I marked it before this actually turns into a home invasion film because in the beginning, these women are invited into his home. They have sex. He takes them away to their quote-unquote house, which is just bullshit. And then finally at the 54-minute mark, he's working again and they come back and that's when they are actually in his home as a, and this becomes a home invasion film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film is only 99 minutes long. And so it takes 54 minutes before we actually get to that. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it takes a very long time to get the payoff. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I was into the film. I I might not have uh, had proper breathing or I think my pulse quickened and slowed many times. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, for a short film, it took you on a long journey to get the payoff. And that's what makes the payoff so sweet. Yeah, I wish that – I'm just a pervert, I guess, but I wish there was like more, I wanted more of like the, the, I guess like the sex aspects of the film. And I wanted more of the, um, like uh, brutality of the film, because I feel like there are so few parts where this is actually where I said to myself, Oh, that was a brutal moment. And, and one of those is when they are sticking the fork into his shoulder wound. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's not really much that's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just spoiled after the films we've watched that have been so damn vicious and so brutal that I wanted more of that aspect of it. But no, I think that's a fair uh, a fair complaint. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's more of a psychological thing than a yeah. physical thing in this film. Like again, there's only one death, right? We just we just got mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lewis. He's the one who dies in the movie. Um, it's I, to, it means a, a more of a mental aspect. I was hoping to have two kills. Like at the end, I kind of wanted these two girls dead, right? You know, um, but no, I I I think you're right. Uh, you know, like after like especially after watching a film like Inside, this is very right. much the opposite of that type of kind mm-hmm. of film. Yeah, I didn't expect the uh, political reference 
if you caught it, she says, when she's starting to do like the game show, she's like, all the way from 1% land. Oh, okay. Wow. He, he looks well to do. That's something to say. You know, I, I, it's, I think it's mostly her money. Mm-hmm. Like the wife with her sculptures. I don't think he's pulling as. Oh, That's yeah. Because he's emasculated right off the bat with, against her as well. Like it's mm-hmm. her birthday. What's the reason for not having the sex? Is it because the kid's up? Or? Yeah. And he hasn't had sex in, what does he say, like three weeks or something? He'd been waiting? Yeah. So he is, he's not the, every relationship's a partnership. But in this case here, it's not a patriarchy. She's the one that's running the show. She's the famous one. So whatever right. she kind of needs or wants, she kind of, from what I can tell, she gets. Yeah. Like, it's Father's <laughs> I Day. mean, they have... <laughs> It's, they have the pictures of him holding the dog. Like, I just, <laughs> it just looks so goofy. Like, all those pictures of them on the wall, which obviously they're there to be defecated later, but yes. to be defaced, not defecated. Oh, no, they shit on <laughs> all of defaced. it. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? To be defaced later. Yeah. But, 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 like, even with her, like, you know, it, it's Father's Day, but mm-hmm. he needs to work. So they all go to the beach and they leave him alone on Father's Day. Why not? But stay- I think that was his. Uh, I thought that was, I got the impression that that was his choice. Because he wanted to be alone to work. Yeah, he had a deadline. It wasn't his choice. Well, you know what I mean. But she could have still stayed to make his day more, you know, more comforting or something. But I guess, you know, if the kids are running around, he won't be able to work. Yeah, kids are a pain in the ass. Kids kids will kill the work day. Yeah. And that's what I meant by his choice. Yeah, he has to get this done because this is his job. And so, hey, you go to the beach and I'm going to do this. It's his choice because he wants to make a paycheck. Yeah. Um. And and another there's that moment where after Lewis dies he yells you killed him you killed him or it was almost like you killed him mm-hmm. and uh, it was just such an awkward moment and another reason uh, just Keanu just the emo he is he has a very difficult time playing emotion um, and I think that was just a really good example of that and a part where I was like ugh it's awkward I'm not buying it oh I, I bought his awkwardness I think he's legit. <laughs> as a human yeah. as, as a person you know um right i, I don't know i just i i, I just love the little like and the be we mentioned before but just the way he was the, the, the whole sit down situation at the beginning of the film where you know he's sitting with him on the couch when then they start touching him he moves away it mm-hmm. he moves away again like they mentioned the pod uh in the in the commentary it's like two sharks getting closer to their prey you know, right. and then like the fish, you know, squirting out and then them, you know, getting closer and closer again until they finally get them. Like you can yeah, put I mean, the Jaws soundtrack in the background and it's in sync perfectly <laughs> until they have sex. Yeah. But I mean, that's not, I feel like that's more on the director. That's his blocking as opposed to Keanu bringing something to the table. Oh, very possible. Yeah. Um, no, no, cause his body language. Yeah. Ah. If you say so, I mean, I'm glad it did for you, but I don't know. It's just, there's something about him. Uh, I don't know. He's, he, I don't know. He's just awkward to watch, especially when it comes to emotional scenes. I honestly think it was cast pretty well for all. I, I'm trying to think of like other actors that could do what he did. That would be believable. I, I really would have liked to see somebody else in the role just to see it I, I, as an experiment, I guess. Like watching this film, could you, can you like virtual, like fancy cast somebody else? Ah, I'm terrible with shit like that, man. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm, like, right, I'm trying to think and I'm getting a blank. Yeah. Like, who, who would it be? Oh, me, like, me, I, like a Ryan, have to, Ryan, me like a Ryan Phillippe. That could be interesting. That is interesting. He was actually on Sma- at SmackDown last night for whatever fucking reason. Totally, he showed I up could, on SmackDown Live last night. What was he promoting? I could, Shooter. I could only see John Cusack doing this movie or Nicolas Cage. 
I, I was thinking Cage. <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but... Cage in that one. Especially towards uh, the end. Cage would be perfect. Just let him go ape shit. And right, I know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But I I think they both would just look too old for the role. Like, I think yeah. Keanu, looks-wise, I think kind of looks perfect yeah. in terms of, how, of the age of the character it's funny and how he, he should he look. He was like, like 43 or something, and I think he's like yeah. legit 50. I mean, he's a California 43, though, so it's a little different. Younger. Maybe a Russell Crowe. But Russell Crowe might be slightly too old. Crowe's in his yeah. 50s. Yeah, he might be yeah, like Russell Crowe from like, like Madden salt, and I. salt and Pepper? I don't know. Like, I'm thinking like Russell Crowe from like the bloated Russell Crowe from like the man with two iron fists or what is that? <laughs> you know where he puts like the dirty gunslinger? With the, yeah. I could see maybe yeah. that. Um, but yeah, maybe like a, like a Freddie, Pr- oh, a Freddie Prince Jr. But maybe he looks a little Oh, too that would have been interesting. There's a good option. But he's, and he's too, I like him. He's legit good, I think. Yeah. I think he might be too close to Keanu Reeves though, like look wise. But uh, yeah. like, that could be interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if he was still here, God rest his soul, maybe like a Heath Ledger. Yes. Nice guy. Oh, people man. like him. But then yep. well, he makes one mistake, you know? Right. Because you want an actor that people like generally. Like, who does not like Keanu Reeves? Right. You know, yeah. Have you watched Speed recently? It's fucking awesome. Who doesn't like him? Um, so mm-hmm. you need a guy that people just like in general that has a good – Yeah. Like a, but not too much because, like, you put in Tom Hanks. He's, he's too much of a nice guy. <laughs> Him cheating on his wife yeah. in a threesome would never happen. Right. Um, it probably could happen, but I'm just saying. I don't think it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like, you know, a nice guy, but not too nice. But not a fucking bastard either. You know? Mm-hmm. So, it, it's it's interesting. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah. But I, th- I, think I don't know. And it's like, like I, I, I feel like I'm... Robin would work, you know? Like, say it again, I'm sorry. Like a 19 heartthrob, you know, from like late yeah. 90s. Like a Seth, a Seth Green would be great. <laughs> people <laughs> oh, like man. him. People like him. But also oh. people do want to see him get beaten up because he's kind of like, he's got yeah. that face, bro. I want to smack him, right? <laughs> he's got that face. So have him. That be, actually, I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that a lot. You kind of like you kind of like smacking him in the face? No, I kind of like, like Green. Well, no, he's got that swarmy attitude sometimes because he's got a really hot wife. Um, I would say he would be a probably – he'd be an interesting uh, person to be put into that role. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Hmm. Especially if he acts like the guy from uh, Idle Hands. <laughs> With, <laughs> kind of fun. Oh, man. Um, I thought – Keanu was very bad at trying to get out of this situation. Um, there's the gun in the statue, which you see him trying to work his way toward. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he just doesn't try hard enough to get the gun out of the statue. No. And then when he finally gets free from them and they're holding the gun, you know, basically holding him hostage by gun at that point, he has the chance to escape and he fucking trips over the dolly of all things. I'm like, what? Come on. <laughs> Look in front of you, dumbass. It's a big red fucking dolly. How do you not see it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm also wondering, okay, why is he like until until the gun appeared, yeah. I'm thinking, why is he doing this? But you know, mm-hmm. we're saying he's not trying hard, but at the same time, he doesn't want to make much noise either. So well then why does he wait like until they're almost done digging the hole to start moving over to the gun? <laughs> bugged the shit out of me. That's a good point. But it could there, be there's a lot of things I didn't like about this, but yeah. Yeah, but, okay. It, there's some good point there. What One you- other thing, and I'll just toss this out there and we can move on if you want, but he picks up the phone, dials 911, the cops start saying his address, and then the girl hangs up the phone. In real life, 
the cops are on their way to his house. Yes, or at least yet they never get there. Or then one's going to give him a call back saying, "Hey, you know, your phone got disconnected." Right. Yeah, there would be follow up. Yeah. So yeah, that that was bullshit. But that's movie bullshit. That's you know. Yeah. That's just what yeah. it is. Bothersome. Why? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Anything else? Anything else that you wanted to share from the commentary? You know, I've got like four pages of notes. Uh, oh wow. So this, you know, the the sex scene in the shower when you see the boobs hit the uh, like it gets smooshed. That was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, man. those are also body doubles. So that, oh really? Yeah, that was a reshoot. So that's uh, body doubles. Oh. Um, trying to think. I did. I mean, I love the sex scene. I love. Well, first, there's obviously two beautifully naked women, but yeah. the way it was shot. <clears throat> like I, the quick edits, the quick cuts through it, I thought it was really well shot and really well done. And this was I really enjoyed. It that. was not a love scene. That was fucking no. animalistic. That was a great exactly. It's like my wife is in here. She's made me wait. I'm just gonna, yep. you know, these girls. Right. I'm never gonna see them. I, I don't think I'll ever see them again after tonight. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. like letting loose. So that was like nine, yeah. you know, that was like twenty year old college threesome. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was letting go of a lot of uh, tension. Mm-hmm. These two ladies, definitely, and they seem to like it. That's the thing, too. You know, yeah. like how is he going to know when he wakes up? In the, like, because they fall asleep together. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's um, it was Genesis. I think looks at him before she falls asleep as well. Hmm. Uh, and it's and it's like this is what they I, wanted. They weren't. They enjoyed the sex, but he just made the wrong decision. This is and this is all about making <laughs> a wrong decision. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I don't feel like I'm going to be vilified as much because I think we're all in the same wavelength. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know. But in the, what I do like about this film, it uses technology well. Yeah, you know. Um, it uses Uber. It uses uh, it uses cell- smartphones as they should be used. But then he just, when he, he said, just "I'm going to call you an Uber," and then picked up the phone, I was like, "Wait, this motherfucker about to call?" That's not how Uber works. And then I realized, oh, he meant like on the app. I was like, oh, yeah. "Okay, good." Like I, I think <laughs> the use of technology was well done. It's not like you know, you yeah. were they got cell phones. Oh, there's no reception. Doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. everything works. He's just unable to maximize its usage. Which I like, right? Even you know, trying to do a FaceTime with his feet, you know, yeah. Like again, waiting until the last minute. Yeah, well, his timing is a little off, right? But I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I found like this was a thriller that used today's tech in a way that I would intelligently. Use. Yes, yeah. Minus the whole nine one one glitch thing where nobody calls back or follows up, right? Um, right. You know, I, I think that was very well done. Oh, and one last thing. Um, when yeah. I guess when they defaced the pictures, and there's the one of the mm-hmm. kid of the boy. It's like now my dad has AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Oh, I noticed that when I was watching. That made me laugh. That's really good. Oh man, <laughs> what if it's true? You never know. Exactly, it, it's very possible. You know, right. we don't know these girls' backstories. Yeah, so is it just there's no way they were using a condom. I mean, that's that's oh, that's ridiculous. Obviously, he did not use a condom. You know, I mean, yeah, he's a married. The chances of there even being a condom in that house, I feel like, are it's, it's, slim to none. Exactly, but like we don't know. No, if, we we were married and had condoms in the house. Uh, not me, buddy. I don't know. Like for guests? Are they for guests? <laughs> no. 
you know, when you uh, when you don't quite trust the pill because you've gotten pregnant on it before, you use condoms. Oh man! <laughs> Forget. Oh, I'm dying. I shouldn't be laughing that hard. It's a neighborly thing to do. That's right. <laughs> Ash is an excellent host. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anything else to add here, or do we want to move on to our final thoughts and our star rating? I, you know, I think once I listen to this podcast again, I'll have other points. But I, think I know I've covered what I wanted to say tonight. I'm yeah, sure. I feel like I. I, I want to watch it again and then do another podcast on it. I don't know why. I just that's the feeling I have, which I don't normally have such a strong feeling to do that. But I it just well, you know what? We I don't can, know. Uh, it's just I feel like we can maybe get our listeners if they think that we've uh, over uh, we've missed something, they could uh, right. send us a message, and then we can always follow up on our future episode of Cinefessions. Yeah, absolutely. So Ash, um, go ahead with your um, your final thoughts and your star rating on uh, for Knock Knock here. Um. <clears throat> Well, overall, I, I mean, it was a little bit different than the, the other home invasion flicks, but at the same time, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of the same thing to it. I mean, this was like my second outing with the film, and it just, things hadn't improved with it from the first time I watched it, and there are bits and pieces I like, but overall, the characters just kind of irk me, uh, and the events surrounding Reese's character actions in the first part and the aftermath bug me, and it's very squicky. Uh, and the morality play is if they actually resolved the morality play or did something more with it, I think it would be more interesting, but eh. um, I don't know. I think, I think overall, like the home invasion genre is, is kind of like the found footage genre for me when they do it right and there's the right setup, it can work really well, but I don't think this one did it for me. Um, I give it one and a half. All right. Very good. And what about you, Mark? Well, I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, uh, first time aversion, second time with commentary. First time watching it, I hated the movie. I really disliked. Oh, it. okay. I really, really disliked it. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't get that from our conversation here, so that's interesting. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe it's because um, I was watching it with Melissa. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to root for Keanu out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh man, it's not like that. But at the same time, I don't want to start a, I don't want to start a fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, so yeah, the first time watching it, I was very tense. I didn't like it at all. Um, I thought, I thought it was bullshit. Everything he went through. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, and that was probably like a week ago. Okay. Um, and then I watched again before we uh, recorded tonight with commentary. got a different perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a greater admir- admiration for it. Um, so the first time I watched it, I went on Letterboxd and I gave it two out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and a half stars was for the nudity. <laughs> um, right. No, no. <laughs> which is well well worth it oh again Anna de Armas oh mamma mia yeah. you know that's still <laughs> chili in her flavor anyway oh. um as for um as for watching it again um uh, yeah you know what it's not a movie I would revisit a lot I could probably mm-hmm. wait a good three four years before I watch it again um yeah it's not my favorite Eli Roth film uh, he gets a lot of hate 
I I still like his stuff. Kevin Fever is one that's high up for me. Um, I think I love Eva. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a better director than an actor because I didn't like him that much in Glorious Bastards. I just he seems kind of oh awkward. you you are wrong. I, I am, and it's my opinion. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> I'm just I know I'm just kidding. But I did like him a lot in Aftershocks. You know, um, um, oh he I didn't realize he was in that one too. Oh, okay, oh yeah, oh dude, yeah, check it out. It is fantastic. Um, awesome. You know, I had given it two out of five. I might bump it up a notch. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give this out of four a two. I'm, I'm okay. Middle of the road. Um, again, not a favorite. Don't some completely hate it. Yeah. I had a good conversation about it tonight. I kind of feel better right. about myself about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. I, I, I think worth a watch. I just don't think it'll be in heavy rotation. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Knock Knock was – it was just a weird fucking movie for me. Um, it's not really what I expected and uh, it was a little disappointing compared to the other films we've been watching this arc for most of the other ones. Um, sure, it had these two beautiful women in it, but I was hoping for more violence and frankly just more gratuitous nudity. You know, I'm a pervert and that's what it is. But um, I think this one was meant to be more um, – and I, I – I, Talking now, I'm not sure that that's the case. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be more of a black comedy or what, but there's a few parts where it really succeeds as a, as a black comedy. Um, but otherwise, it just feels lacking in that sense. Um, they have this incredible idea. I love the setup here, but I just don't know that they do enough with it. Um, the biggest problem I have with the movie, though, is that I'm not sure who the director intended the audience to root for, which is kind of what started our whole conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to be cheering on these girls because they're they're fucking with an adulterer? Or are we supposed to be cheering on this man who who made a mistake and is now trying to fight for his life as these two maniacs attempt to destroy him? Now, for me, I wanted to see the two girls dead, just like you were saying, Mark. Um, they came into his home after seeking him out and we find out later on uh, that we're seeking him out, which is what we find out later on. And then they seduce him in the most obvious way possible and then end up naked in his bathroom and basically force themselves on him, literally. Um, I really I, – I don't think they would have let him walk away like we talked about um, even if they uh, – even though they claim that this is a game for them, a, more, a test. Um, but I just – I really think that they're – they're too maniacal for that to be a realistic option. Um, they were there to fuck with him and then torture him and ruin his life because of it. And I felt no sympathy for them and was 100% beyond Keanu's characters, uh, his character rather, which I think that aspect of it, it kind of ruined some of the drama of the film. Um, it was a bit longer than it probably needed to be. Um, and it still delivered less than most of the other films we watched during this arc, which sucks. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know. Knock Knock, it was a weird film. Um, and I was, like I mentioned, was right in thinking this is going to be much different than the other movies we picked for this arc. Um, was it a good different though? I am not as sure about that. I didn't hate the movie by any stretch. I mean, the girls were unbelievably attractive. So how could, could I hate it? But it wasn't what I was hoping it would be either. It's, it's kind of in the middle for me. So I'm going to give it, uh, I'm giving it two and a half out of four stars. So with that in mind, I didn't, I didn't ask you guys to come up with the list beforehand, but let's rank this arc. Okay. Uh, we haven't done these. We do this when we're watching like a series, but, uh, not when we're kind of watching a random arc. So let's, let's do that though. Um, so I'll let you two think about it for a second because I already obviously knew I was going to ask the question. So I wrote my list out. So I'll start at the bottom. 
number five for me out of these five films would be Them. Um, I thought it was uh, okay, but I gave it two and a half stars, just like Knock Knock, and I would much rather watch Knock Knock again. Um, and so I put Knock Knock at number four. I put Kidnapped at number three, The Strangers at number two, and Inside at number one, which Inside, frankly, will likely end up on like my if I was to make a top ten list of new to me films that I watched this year, it'll probably it would probably be on that. Like I that film blew me away. So for me, it's them. Uh I'll go from the top down. It's inside, the strangers, kidnap, knock knock, and them. That was my order for the for this arc. Okay. So who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna go from uh, least to favorite. Sure. So I like how we have different opinions on things because my least exactly. favorite this uh, arc, the strangers. Okay. Wow. That, okay. That evil, dirty Liv Tyler doing that to <laughs> the fantastic Scott Speedman. I'm. Thinking, I love. <laughs> I'm. Just, I love the pictures you made for that for that <laughs> week. <laughs> so ridiculous. Total fucking bullshit, Liv Tyler. Um, again, no backstory. He could be weird, but whatever. So I'm going to go number five, The Strangers. Um, I'm going to give number four to Knock Knock. I would watch okay. Knock Knock over The Strangers any day of the week. Mm, um, okay. And you know what? Liv Tyler Nudity would not help the film. It would actually rank it number six. And it would rank it number five. That's so ridiculous. I can't. I don't understand why you'd think she's so unattractive. I just I don't get it. Number five, blank. And <laughs> The Strangers of the Let's Go Vitley. Ash, do you think Liv Tyler is an unattractive person? No, I, I, I okay. like Liv Tyler. I'm sorry. Thank you. Me too. Okay, I just yeah. had to make sure I wasn't alone. Well, that's okay. Party of two. <laughs> Hello. <Party of> two. <laughs> Your table's ready. Uh, oh my so, god! So the strangers number five, knock knock number four, uh, kidnapped number three. Um, I still think part of kidnapped it kind of like kind of went blah in the middle, but the ending was fantastic. Um, I'm going to give number two to, to them or ills and number one is inside because holy fuck. I think that's still one of the best films of the two thousands of the aughts. Inside. Yeah. Just, yeah. You, you, you can't beat inside when it comes to home invasion, at least in this arc. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that them is so high up in your list. I, I honestly, I don't remember even what you, what your star ranking was right offhand here, but I can look. Neither, but, neither do I, but when it comes to ranking these films, I, I just, yeah. I really liked ills or them i thought the end was chilling even just that blurb at the end that writing saying how the kids just wanted something to play with yeah i was spooky yeah. so yeah mm. um and I, I i don't know what it is but i just love french films from this period these horror movies yeah and even just foreign horror movies in, in general i just fucking love it because it's different um mm-hmm. and we did watch a lot of again if you look at my list um, the North American home invasion films are bottom two. Top three is uh, is foreign. It just it's it's it is what it is. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Ash, you are up from number five to number one. All right. So okay. So we've got. Um, hmm. I just pulled up in Letterbox so I could look at the pictures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna put ills. Actually, I'm gonna put knock knock number five. Okay. Uh, then ills. Um, then oh there's kidnapped. Uh, the strangers kidnapped. are inside. Kidnapped. Okay. Uh, number three. Uh, inside number two, and then the strangers number one. Oh wow, that's that's fucking bullshit. That's what I think that is. 
Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know why? Because Scott Speedman takes it to the face. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Very interesting. So we all, the only thing that's the same is that Knock Knock is in the bottom two for both of us, or for both of us, for all three of us, and Kidnapped is our number three film across the board. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we're different. So very good. I, I do think cool. maybe that I'd bring Kidnapped number two if I didn't watch a dubbed version of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I, that's a good point. It could have been number two. It's impossible to tell, but. Yeah, unless I find uh Right, right. at this point, I guess. You know, I just got yeah. to play bullshit, but whatever. Right. Awesome. So that uh, officially concludes all our reviews for the Home Invasion arc. I, I loved this arc. I had such a good time with it. So I'm glad you guys uh, were on board with um, with doing this one. So thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm on board with anything you say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, he's just so full of shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) At least you recognize it. Right. (laughs) It smells like strawberries, though. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's move over. It is time for our Besting the Backlog Challenge, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So as a reminder for this feature, each one of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and we pick one film off that list that the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast, where they then give a quick review of whichever film was picked for them. So... Last week, Mark, I picked Rise of the Planet of the Apes for you to watch. Mm-hmm. Ash, you picked Everly. I'm sorry. Ash, you watched Everly because Mark picked that for you. And I watched Wild Things thanks to Ash, which um, – so I had two like sexy thrillers or whatever the hell you want to call them uh, this week. And I actually watched them both uh, back to back. And so that was fun. That was fun. A lot of fun. Um, <laughs> how, how many, it really was. I love. How, I love that stuff. How many so. Kleenex? <laughs> I lost count, man. Oh, Come on. Weird. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess I'll start. Uh, so um, I own Wild Things because it was one of those really cheap triple feature collections from Walmart. I don't even know how many years ago. Back when I was still buying DVDs regularly. Um, so. The DVD I actually I, I bought actually came with Wild Things 1, Wild Things 2, and Wild Things 3. And there's actually a fourth one out too. Oh, cool. Uh, but I don't know if I own that one. I can't remember. Um, but it, it's crazy to me that this film sparked three sequels. But either way. Um, so this film, uh, Wild Things, is just – it's filled with more twists and turns than I could ever imagine. Um, it feels like a 90s thriller, which it is. Partly because of how many twists there are in this one. Um, so the story is about a high school guidance counselor uh, getting accused of raping not one, but two of his female students. And um, I feel like I can't say a damn thing else about the story here because it would be entering into spoiler territory, which I want to avoid. <laughs> um yeah. It is really yeah. hard to talk about that movie. Right. <laughs> Fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, I will say though that, uh, this is a two hour film, which I was annoyed because I, I was like, fucking A, like I need to watch these films back to back because I was busy last night. And then I looked and I was like, oh, wild things can't be more than what, 90 minutes? Well, no, it's two hours. So, uh, but 
it flew by. It, it the the two hour runtime flew by. Um, Denise Richards, holy shit, she is sexy as hell mm. and naked at multiple points. So that is a huge plus. Um, Nev Campbell's gorgeous in this too, but unfortunately she never shows anything off. And and Mark, you were actually telling me it was in her contract uh, that she couldn't be naked, basically, right? Yeah, that's the only see back nudity. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say, Ash? It was the same contract she had in Scream. That's why. Oh, that's why they actually included the PG thirteen joke. Gotcha. Is okay. It, is there any nudity in Scream? I don't think so. That series nope. is, no. is no, there is not. It, yeah, it's all R yeah. for the violence. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, but I mean, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards is really, I think, why this film is so popular, and it's how I know of it. Um, it's a sexy 90s thriller that got its reputation thanks to the the taboo nature of the sexuality in the film. And that's not a dig at the movie at all because, I mean, it's a hell of a ride. Um, I, I will say, though, without Denise Richards and Nev Campbell playing these jailbait characters, I'm – I feel like it'd be a lot more of a forgettable thriller than it is, uh, than it, than it currently is. Um, because as it stands, it's really fun. It's fast play- paced. It's an incredibly sexy thriller. And I recommend it to anyone that enjoys that genre. Um, it has enough twists and turns throughout its runtime to keep almost anyone guessing, I would imagine. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to watch as it unfolds. So I give Wild Things three out of four stars. So thank you for introducing me to that one, Ash. Only three? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. What about Kevin Bacon? <laughs> oh, yeah. We see his penis for like a quarter of a second when he's getting out of the shower. Yep. That's why you I have would... slow on the remote, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they invented it. Oh, man. So, Ash, you watched Everly, thanks to Mark. So, uh, go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually like wrote something on. Okay. So Everly, I actually added without sight unseen just because Sama Hayek was in it. Mm-hmm. So that was why it was on my Which app. Is, yeah. Always a good choice. Sama Hayek. Um, so uh, a little bit on it. Uh, it's set on Christmas Eve. So yeah, you know, you've got another Christmas movie, action movie. Um <laughs> Mob boss's call girl, who's Sama Hacks playing, uh, betrays him, and he sends basically everyone in his command after her uh, by placing a bounty on her head when all she wants to do is leave the building and save her daughter. Um, <laughs> there's lots of insane action. Uh, it's kind of set in one location. It's almost like a action-based instead of horror-based home invasion flick. Um, oh. It's kind of over the top. A little bit like um, that one movie uh, a couple years ago. I think you know, it wasn't called Carrot. Oh, God. Um, with a dude from Children of Men in it. Oh, um, uh, um, shit. I know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, it, shoot it's just... It's, shoot, 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 oh, shoot him up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a little bit like that in the action where it's kind of over the top. Um, and it's just it just goes... Like my one of my favorite sequences, uh, there's and it's not really a spoiler because you see it coming. Uh, they they send this like Japanese hit squad up after her, and one of one of them comes out the door like with a sword or something, and uh, out of the elevator, and all the rest of them are still in the elevator, and he's charging her. She shoots him with a shotgun, which blows him back into the elevator and knocks everyone over, and then she pulls a grenade, tosses it in just as the doors close. 
But before they close all the way, it goes off. So you get this spray of blood between the cracks of the doors. And <laughs> That's awesome. And, and then, of course, she runs to go see the elevator crash on the you know down the first floor. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of that kind of over the top. You know, it's just kind of like you know, it's just it's pretty kick ass. Um, it feels a lot like an assault film that way, I guess. It's fun, it's loud, Samuel Hayek kicks ass, and uh, it's definitely made my list of uh, fun, not Christmas, Christmas movies. So Yeah, I gave awesome. it. Uh, I gave it uh, three and a half out of four. Okay. All right, so what about you, Mark? So you watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes because um, you said you hadn't seen it earlier in the show, and so I realized, oh, well, you need to see that. Mm-hmm. So how did you, what did you think of that? Uh, I was bored by it, too. What? Okay, fuck off. We're moving on to the next segment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I honestly did not. I did not like it. Uh, a lot of people hmm. were like, "Oh, it's awesome! It's how you do blockbusters right." You know, like on my Facebook. Yeah. And I did not. I I never watched the original Planet of the Apes series because when the Hokey Masks two, I'm not. I wasn't a huge Charlton Heston fan. Um, so I bought this site unseen. Um. Just because at the time I had to get everything, which is still kind of like how it is nowadays. Uh, <laughs> so last week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, That's not that different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, like in the marketing for this film, the um, the bridge scene was heavily featured. So I didn't think this was at the end of the film, but like the first, like, you know, animal gets or uh, Caesar gets smart, does his shit, and then like, you know, halfway in the film, you're going to start having a human ape war. That really never happened in this film. So I think part of it was my expectations of it were not met. Okay. A lot of it is just Caesar growing up. Yeah. And then organizing the apes and then disappearing in the woods. That's pretty much the whole film. Um, yeah, I just, it, I don't know, I was kind of bored. It felt like, you know, this was like a two-parter. Like, I know a, a, a third one's coming out next year. Right. Um, but I really felt like this was like a to-be-continued movie instead of a full film. Um, it's kind of like Back to the Future Part 2, where, like, it's it's got a good base, but then I got to wait till Part 3 for it to end, you know? Um, yeah. So I was kind of let down by it. Um I just wanted a bit more uh, war, even though it's called Rise and not War, which I believe is the next one. Um, yeah, it's, right. It's, the next, yeah, the next. Go one, ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the next. Oh, what what is the next one? Um, we got Rise, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and then I think the next one is War. War so, for the Planet of the Apes. Yep. So yeah. I do believe uh, I own the next one as well. I probably yeah, well. There's a lot more action in the yeah, second one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just felt kind of uh, meh by it, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. like John Lithgow. I like Brian Cox. Um, Tyler Labine, I've, I've always smiled when I see him on screen. Um, I did like seeing Draco Malfoy being another badass. Uh, right. Not badass. Fucking wimp. Draco Malfoy playing Bat- Draco Malfoy's. A piece of shit, yeah. Different eras of, of life. Um, so Tom Felton, I think, was a great... Uh, protagonist i guess to oscar's character and the circus mm-hmm. um i also felt the movie the cgi felt little didn't hold up completely i just felt really it, you knew when the cgi was cgi um 
not as much when it comes to Caesar's character, more like background effects. Mm-hmm. It looked that way. Um, yeah, uh, I I wasn't a huge fan. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I I don't recall what my star rating was on Letterbox, but I, I give it middle of the road as well. I don't think I'll ever watch this again because unless I'm doing like a, a marathon, then obviously I would. But to watch right. it, on, I don't think I'll ever get into the mood to watch Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So, hmm. yeah. So, two out of five. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It's just middle of the road for me. Okay. Yeah. So, I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of the original series. Um, and so, this one actually, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes kind of picks up where I think it's the third film in the original series starts. And so... The third film is obviously in the original series is obviously a prequel. Okay. And so that's where this new series picks up is right from the beginning. Um, and so like, I just, I, it's one of my favorite film universes uh, out there. I think sure. uh, I love the planet of the Apes series. And so rise of the planet of the apes played on a lot of things I knew and respected from the original series. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I liked it so much. Um, I don't, I obviously was never, I wasn't bored by it. I loved it. Um, but it is a slower film than the sequel, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which though it's not full blown war for the Planet of the Apes, like this new one's going to be, there definitely is a lot more action sequences. I don't want to ruin anything at all. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in all and kind of at all and kind of what this first film set up for the, for this world, for this universe, I definitely recommend checking out the next one. Cause I think you'll like it more. Ooh. Just given your complaint on this one, I guess. I, I will because I've started it now. Um, yeah. I have two thoughts about Rise. Um, one, well, thoughts, two comments. Uh, the first yeah. one, I did like how they mentioned how they send their first ship to Mars. And then during the movie mm-hmm. that they lost contact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm ex- they are they're making complete and total reference to the film, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which I like that, right? As yeah, much as definitely. I don't know the original, I still know a bit about it. So I like that. And two, thinking about this, right? I'm watching this movie thinking, what would be worse? Having a primate apocalypse or a robot apocalypse? Would I rather die by either Skynet or Google's hands? Or do I want to be <laughs> enslaved by monkeys and apes? Right. You can, rebuild, you can rebuild after apes. You can't rebuild after the world has been leveled by new <laughs> Yeah, but think of all the feces in the air. It would smell like shit. It'd be yeah, like planet true. of the shit apes. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> worse. I think I'd rather die at the hands of my IBM Pentium than I would uh, <laughs> if I bubbled the monkey. That's, oh, that's, that's a legit thought I had while watching this out of boredom. That's funny. I'm thinking, what would be worse? To get pounded down, by, hammer fisted by a monkey, or just shot in the head by a robot laser beam? I just don't know. Oh, Mark just talked about you being fisted by a monkey. That's this. That's where this podcast went this week. Hammer fisted. It's an MMA. Oh, movie. it's different. Okay, because in my universe, it's <laughs> no <know>. MMA. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, have you seen the Mark Wahlberg remake of uh, Planet of the Apes? Nope. Uh. No interest. Okay, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Don't waste your time. It's, there's there's like a couple of good sequences to it. I think if they I let hated him, it. I, I see. I like parts of it, and I hate other parts of it. I think the mm-hmm. makeup is fantastic. Oh, and well, I, definitely, yeah. And I like the little twist to it. I actually think I would have liked it more if Mark Wahlberg wasn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
but yeah. uh but i think i think uh there was some there was some neat ideas it's just i think the studio could just kept fucking with it yeah the biggest problem See, with that one i think the problem is tim burton he was great really? in the 80s and 90s i think he's absolute horse i know i might get flamed on this but i don't I, what yeah was like i movie I, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I can't even tell you. Like Edward Scissorhands, like he did. Um, uh, Paran- he did Frankenweenie, which I didn't like. I haven't watched that yet. I do. Uh, Paranormal was the much better. Better film. as a short. Did, did he do Paranormal? Was no, he- no, he didn't do Paranormal. Oh, but they no. both were like very similar films that came out around yeah. the same time. Yeah, and Paranormal was much better. Yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking like I fucking love Beetlejuice. Obviously, I love the Batman films. You know. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Edward Scissorhands. I was never huge on it myself personally. But okay, I, still I like, like that it. one too. I, I just don't love it. Let's, you know, let's look quickly here on his IMDb. That's uh, what I was just doing. Yeah, I just out of curiosity because I don't. I mean, I'm just not intelligent enough to know what his every film is. So yeah, and I'm looking um, like big guy producer. Let's go just director. Okay, director. Else, Dark Shadows. Uh, I've seen a little bit of. Okay, so Miss uh, Piggerine's Home of Peculiar Children uh, that came out this year. I haven't watched yet. Big Eyes, oh. never watched. Frank and Weenie, haven't watched. Dark Shadows, did not watch. Alice in Wonderland, hated. Um, I like Sweeney Todd. You know, I didn't mind yes. Sweeney Todd. Corpus Bright, haven't watched. Charlie and Chocolate Factory was horrible. I, I hated that, yeah. Oh, because Johnny Depp, he's he's playing he's playing Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah, it's, um, right. I did not like Big Fish. Sleepy Hollow, I haven't seen it, but uh, I've heard good things about oh, that. Never seen Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is amazing, but that's 99. 90. Yep. That's exactly. 1999. Mars Attacks, I loved. <laughs> Ed Wood, I loved. Like, he, like, to me, his last good film was fucking 17 years ago. <laughs> you know, and he's, and he's just banking off his name ever since. Yeah. You know, again, some people are diehards, and good for you. I'm a diehards over other things, but right. I don't think he's like, I. Don't think he's that great of a director. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like I said, I enjoyed um, uh, Demon, ah, uh, geez, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, but yeah, it's about it since the '90s. Well, so. if you like Sweeney Todd, you'll like Sleepy Hollow. It's got a same, a similar aesthetic to it. That's okay. That's kind of the from looking at like trailers and pictures. That's kind of the uh, thought I had. But yeah, but no, Sleepy Hollow is actually quite good. And, uh, Christina Ricci is amazing. Johnny yeah. Depp is very good in this film. Um, yeah, uh, I would highly recommend that film. Awesome. Yes. Sleepy Hollow is fantastic. Cool. So, uh, so we got to pick for next week. So Ash, uh, a reminder, you are picking for Mark this week. Mark, you are picking for me and I am picking for you, Ash. So, um, I'll let you guys, uh, look a little bit. Obviously we have those lists, you know where, so you can check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash, I am... Uh, looking through your list, there was one I was going to pick, but it doesn't look like it's on Netflix anymore. So I'm going to choose um, the movie called Stitches. Oh, that's fantastic. 2012. Yes, with the clown. Yes, the clown. Love yeah, it. So. It is fucking awesome. I don't, I don't want to taint your opinion of it. but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You were the one who doesn't like Liv Tyler. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, because she's fucking gross. Oh man! No, this is Shut your this dirty whore mouth, Mark. <laughs> I just think Scott can do much better. Oh jeez. So Ash, what is Mark going to watch for next week? Or not next week, but next podcast, which will be two right, weeks well, from now. I'm looking over his list for a Liv Tyler movie. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. Why does it take it so long to load? Probably because Mark's list is like five and a half gigs long. Jesus yeah, Christ. exactly. 
Well, Braden, while uh, Ash is uh, looking for me here, yeah, um, I'm not sure if you've seen this or not. Maybe your list isn't up to date. And I, I thought maybe you had mentioned this film before. Have you seen Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? Yes. You have? Okay, I thought Wait, so. Wait, yes. Ash picked, that was like our very first film it Ash picked was, for me. Okay. I didn't I didn't update it on there? Okay. I'll okay, make well, note of that go. and fix it. Then I'm going to make you watch one of my favorites from, I guess, 2010. Scott okay. Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, good. Yes. You know, I picked that up a while back and uh, like, because you were talking about it, I was going to watch mm-hmm. it, but then I was like, oh, I need to watch something. And I think, I forget what I watched and, and said, but Three awesome. words for you for that film. Ramona fucking Flo. <laughs> I love Fantastic. this movie. Um, I I would be very surprised if you don't. I'd be I'd be astonished if you're not a fan of this film. Okay. And I guess in um, you know I didn't movie. like. Uh, who, oh jeez, I'm Mary Elizabeth. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, Winston, I think it is Winston. It, oh, it is. Okay, Winston. Yeah. I did not like her until. I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, I don't like her in The Thing. Okay. Prequel. You didn't like her um, in Death Proof? You know, I forgot she was in Death Proof, I guess. And I don't even, I can't even she, place her. She was in the, uh, she was the, she was the, um, the cheerleader that stays with the dude while they're uh, driving the car. Uh, you're right. No, I did like her in there. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe it was just the thing, and then um, everyone raved about her in that, but I just didn't like her. Um, but you're right. I did like her in Death Proof. I forgot about that. No, nope, well, you're absolutely right. T- to me, this is her rave movie. Like, I will rave about her until I die. Yeah. Because of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It is so fun. Chris Evans is awesome. Brendan mm-hmm. Ruth is awesome. M- uh, Michael Sarah plays Michael Sarah, but in a good Michael Sarah way. Um, I like I like Michael Sarah, so oh, I have no problem there. And, and Brie, Brie Olsen. No, Brie Olsen's a porn star. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, why is Brie Olsen in this what? film? <laughs> what the fuck is her name? <laughs> she, she just got cast as um, – as, um, Oh, uh, Miss Marvel. Um, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about too. I figured that's who you were talking about. Uh. Oh, uh, Brie. Oh, god damn it! I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up Brie right Nelson. now. Um, Brie Larson. No, you're right. Brie it's Larson. just a different Brie Larson. I was so close. I was so close. Yeah, Brie Larson uh, is in it, um, and she, oh, she has a sequence with a song by a band called Canadian band called the uh, the Metric, which. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. You know, fuck, watch it tonight and you'll watch it three more times for the podcast. It is so <laughs> damn good. It is so damn That's good. Awesome. It's easily, it was easily my favorite film last, that year. Fuck, Anna, yeah. Anna Kendrick's in it. Aubrey Plaza's in it. Um, oh, nice. Oh, dude. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's uh, brother, Kieran Culkin's in it. Like, it is <laughs> stock loaded, packed with so much goodness. Oh. And I like I over listen. not to overhype it or anything, but oh no, dude, I'm overhyping the fuck out of this film. <laughs> I know. It came out in 2010. It is 2010s. It's an Edgar Wright movie, by the way. So mm-hmm. yeah, I know. Like, yeah, like I've got a Ooh, one sheet of this poster. So if yeah. one day I meet a fucking key grip that was <laughs> one day on set, I'm gonna get him to sign it. Like <clears throat> I love this movie, so uh, no pressure. Um, but uh, if he doesn't get at least four and a half stars out of five, I'd be very disappointed. <laughs> I'm putting an extra star. I never rate film. a movie out of five stars, though, so but it's not going to get four and a half because I only rate out of four. You have to this time. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm looking on uh, on uh, IMDb right now. Those that are uh, that don't own it uh, in physical, it is on Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. Very good. All right, uh, Ash, what is Mark watching for this week? Next week, next podcast. Bar going across my screen because this freaking list won't load. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna send him a copy of a video of the bar loading across my screen, and that's what he's gonna watch. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, I'm guessing you've seen Incredible Hulk. Yes. A Jersey Girl? Or do? You... No. <laughs> no, it's not. Damn it. You're just pulling names out of the air. <laughs> Jersey Girl. Oh, so random. Oh, no, I'm comparing. I'm comparing Liv Tyler's filmography to his list. Oh, gotcha. I love that you're legitimate. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy. Oh, you think I was joking? <laughs> I sure did. Silly me. <laughs> you know, for not liking Liv Tyler, you've seen a bunch of her movies. <laughs> you seen Splice? Yes. Okay. I like that one a lot. It was creepy. Yeah. And yes, I would have too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know what? What was the last Transfers movie you watched? Uh, Transfers 4. Have you seen 5? That'll be my pick next time. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going with that because I'm tired of Just looking through your list. That's my gimmick. Okay. That's my g- <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you get for, for walking all over Liv Tyler. Yep. Right oh. there. I steal your pick. <laughs> I am not watching that until like the fucking day of. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> What's the subtitle on that one? I think the, the audience needs to know. Uh, Transfers 5. Uh, let's see here. Sudden Death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, Ash, you are watching Stitches. I am watching Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and Mark, you are watching Trancers 5, Sudden Death. (laughs) (laughs) And next time, on the next show, we actually will pick for ourselves again. We're back to that. So that'll be the first podcast of 2017. But you might be asking yourself, what in the hell will will we be talking about? Come 2017. Yeah, what will we be talking about? Because I have Yeah. (laughs) So it's and Ash doesn't even seem to know, so this is perfect. <laughs> so it's time to announce up until the day of. Are you talking? So it's time to announce what we'll be watching through next. Well, as many of our listeners will know, the Resident Evil series is concluding on January 27th of next year. That will be the sixth and supposedly final film to that series. So, to celebrate a series that we love, we will be arcing through the entire Resident Evil series, starting with the original film from 2002, all the way through the theatrical release of Resident Evil, the final chapter, which is rare for us to do something from theater, so that'll be exciting. And... Little do my uh, two co-hosts know, Mm. uh, but I'm also going to go uh, throw out a challenge for them along with this arc. So, you guys ready for this? Yes. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a sure as hell isn't. That's right. Um, So, obviously, this entire six-film series would not exist without the original Resident Evil video game. That game released for the PlayStation 1 way back in 1996. 
this game was one of the first horror video games I ever remember playing. I would always go to my uncle's house and I would read the strategy guide and tell him where to go to get through the whole game. I And I absolutely love doing that. And because of that, Resident Evil holds a special place in my heart, the video game. Well, I am going to challenge you guys mm-hmm. to beat the original Resident Evil during our podcast arc. And then I'm hoping oh, that we can during the podcast. I was like, that'd be a little no, no, no. Podcast. Yeah, and so after we beat, I'm hoping we can talk about a little about it during our last episode if we're all able to beat it. So okay. I don't, I don't care which version of the game you guys play, but I would definitely rec- recommend the new remasters on PS4 and Xbox One, um, as that's going to be the best way to play it and make it a little bit easier for us now because we're not, we don't have to deal with the tank controls. Okay. Um, and you two don't know it yet, but I actually uh, have a copy of Resident Evil Origins Collection on. The the way to both of your houses as we speak so hopefully you'll choose to play that version of the game um and i don't care if you've beaten the game a hundred times a thousand times whatever i'm challenging you both to beat it once more during this podcast arc hopefully by the time we record for our last episode and you can use any walkthrough or guides you want it doesn't matter to me or you can play it completely blind whatever you want to do i, I challenge you both never to be finished that. resident evil so this oh oh this is this is a surprise uh okay fuck yeah <laughs> And okay, walkthroughs and guides. No, 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 no. Do whatever. You're gonna play at least on normal. None of this easy bullshit. At least no, on, no. at least on normal, right? Okay, <laughs> you're nuts. I never play a video game on normal. What do you, what do you mean? Crazy. What do you play on? Easy. What are you for? Are you? Serious? I suck at video games. I just want to beat them. Whoa! I and I still have a hell of a time beating them. You're kidding. See, to me, I don't play them for the challenge. I play them to like get through the story. See, when I play games, I at least play like normal because that's like what the guy, what the, what the, you know, what the programmers wanted. Base like hard. If 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 you're like you know, if, you know, still in diapers, you play on easy. If you, if you're super awesome, you play on hard, and then you unlock the super hard mode. I've always played on like the basic like slate like medium to like you know this is this is where this is where you start i've never played on easy oh no oh. way all every game now yeah i used to play on harder really? and i realized this isn't fun for me and i play video games for fun if i'm not having fun why would i do it so for me the fun comes in just getting through the story and, and doing that aspect of it i don't the difficulty is not fun for me so i just i have no desire to play it yeah well, okay you know what I, i've been teasing about me like twitching on the mm-hmm. game and i just haven't done it fuck i'm gonna yeah. play this i'm gonna oh, you know what i my ps plus ran out and i didn't renew so I'm gonna have to oh. get back on PS Plus, and yeah. fuck, I'll try to stream as much as I can of this for like Good. two people that follow me right now. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> you know, I'll put on I'll put on Twitter, I'll put on Facebook. Um, yeah. I won't probably won't send Facebook, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll try to I'll try to fucking do this live as much as I can. Awesome, that's a good idea because I, I uh, actually I own it on Xbox One, the Origins Collection. Okay, but I do own Resident Evil the remaster on PS4 because it was a free like PS plus game at some point, I guess. Okay. And so I do have it there too. So I'll probably going to end up playing this one on PS4. Well, that's fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, well, I, I showed you, sent you guys pictures of the, yeah. uh, the original director's cut. I still have for the PS one. So, right. Yeah. I have it on uh like I bought it on um like PS one classic on the PS3. Okay. So I have that there. But it's just the tank controls. Uh, again, I don't yeah. – <laughs> I just want to get through the story really. So I'm I'm just doing it the best the, – the easiest way possible. And so – I've always been a favorite. My Like Resident Evil 4 is my favorite. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I, I first it's a much on, different game. Yeah, I beat it on the Wii, and then I, I actually during Black Friday I pre-ordered uh, the new. Uh, I think it's not seven that's coming out. Yeah, this Bioshock. Morning. Yeah, yeah. Or so Bio- uh, yeah, no Biohazard. Biohazard. Um, so yeah, I got I got seven coming, so I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, uh, definitely. But yeah, fuck, let's let's do this and let's you know every podcast see where we are in the game. You know, yeah. Just, uh, you know, like there's no high score or anything, which would be fun too. But there's none of that. So let's, just, let's just see like where we're at. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, thank you very much. No, absolutely. So, yeah, Mark, um, your video game should be there by about Wednesday. I have it sent to your house because I realized how far away you have to go. It's like an hour and a half drive to your U.S. address because I totally stalked you, and I uh, thought that was ridiculous. So I have it coming to your house, oh, um, you. and you should get it next Wednesday. Ash, okay. yours should be there Friday. So, okay. Sweet. Awesome. I'm excited. So again, we will be reviewing all of the live action Resident Evil films, which means this next podcast arc is going to be six episodes long and we'll conclude with the review of the newest entry, the final chapter, tentatively slated for our podcast having a February 10th release date. Obviously, everything's tentative, but that's the original schedule we have planned. So we hope that you guys are excited about these as we are, and we hope that you guys play through the game much like we are. Um, We feel that even though this is another horror arc, it's a significantly different feel from what we just completed, going from these lower-budget, quieter home invasion flicks to the multi-billion dollar conglomerate that is the Resident Evil universe. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. And they change the pace. Definitely. So let's move on. The the final thing here before we call it uh before we call it a year. Yeah. So uh our our 2017 New Year's media resolutions. Now, obviously we all have things in our lives that we would probably like to do better in the new year um in terms of uh, our real lives outside of media, but that's not really what we're talking about here. This is um media related, cinefessions related some way. If there's something you want to talk about on a personal level, absolutely go for it. That's not I'm not trying to dissuade that. I just, you know, we're here we're like going to be talking about media things so um last year we actually did this also unfortunately mark you joined in a few episodes after that um but at least ash and i do have um a list to look back on and uh see where we were epically failed we are (laughs) you know actually i set um i set three goals and i'm happy to say that i was able to achieve all three of them thanks to you guys and and Chris, so thank you guys. Um, first, I wanted to release 40 podcast episodes in 2016. Well, we are sitting here recording the 40th podcast episode of 2016, which is fucking phenomenal. So, you know, thank you guys. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, and second, I wanted to have 40 articles or reviews published on cinefessions.com. And surprisingly to my, enough to myself, at least, um, we actually did that as well. Uh, a lot of the content this year was devoted to the podcast, which is great. Um, uh, but we also did some, uh, some videos. And so the videos mixed with the written content, uh, huge part thanks to Ash and Chris. Um, we actually published 45 non-podcast items this year, uh, which is awesome. And again, thank you guys for that. Um, and, uh, the last one was to beat at least four video games, which I did. I know I beat more than that. Um, I knew it was Call of Duty Classic on Xbox Live, Arcade, New Super Mario Brothers 2 on 3DS, Sunset Overdrive, Xbox One, Forza Horizon 360, Guitar Hero Live, Xbox One. I feel like there was a couple more, but that's, those are the ones that came to mind immediately. Um, yeah, so I, I'm very happy to say that I was able to complete all three of the goals that, uh, I set for the website and for myself this past year. So, Ash, what uh, you we know which which one did you succeed on? 
Uh, I succeeded on managing to get uh, four new movies a month. Awesome. Um, I did not... I got a little bit ways into Mass Effect. I didn't finish it. Um, yeah, because what were your other two goals? You wanted to platinum Mass Effect and and three hundred movies. Yeah, three hundred movies in a year, which okay. I done before, but I wanted right. to try doing again, and that didn't work out. Yeah, you said you were just over like around one hundred and twenty ish. Um, I am sitting at. I'm currently sitting at one hundred and thirteen this year. So yeah, okay, very good. I still I think that's impressive. Anyway, so fantastic. So. Let's look ahead to next year. So, Ash, did you, were you to come up with any um, media or cinefinitions related goals that you have set for yourself for next year? Uh, I want to keep the the uh, movie goal, the new movie goal, uh, for a month. I think that's okay, doable, especially with Netflix. Um, Mass Effect Andromeda comes out next year. I want to beat that. I don't know about platinuming platinuming it. Yeah, uh, but uh, I will play the shit out of that. So I want to. <laughs> I want to at least play through it once. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, both of the the char- main characters because you get a there. There's a brother and sister pair in that. So uh, okay. I want to play one through as the brother and once. Awesome, very good. So those are your two goals for this year. Yeah, I'll keep it to two. Less disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine um and so I'll, I'll go over mine so um i hope to uh release at least 41 podcast episodes in 2017 because you got to improve mm-hmm. um so my big thing right now is mu- i'm really into music uh collecting vinyl listening to albums learning more about music history that i like rock and roll etc that i just haven't heard and so i want to listen to at least 26 full previously unheard albums um and i say previously unheard within like the pat like that i remember at least you know because i'm sure i'll listen to some that i'd forgotten or hadn't listened to in such a long time that i just don't remember them um and so that's one every other week i'm hoping to blow that out of the water but i want to keep it realistic so i'm listening to at least 26 full previously unheard albums and then finally watch at least 52 unwatched blu-ray slash dvds from my collection for the year so obviously we do that. I have a very good chance of making that because we do that with the best in the backlog challenge every podcast. And so it's just a matter of trying to get the one in on average a week. So, uh, and I kind of threw a last one in here because I, you know, made like a list of things I'd like to do at some point in my life a while ago. And one of those things I was always on the list was the learn to play the guitar. And I was talking with, you know, friends and family and I decided that I, that's something I really want to do. And so I am uh, hoping to, I'm starting um, guitar lessons here in the coming uh, month. So starting in 2017. And so I don't know how long it'll last, if, it, if I'll be any good at it or anything, but you know, I'd rather try and, and, and fail than not try at all. And so uh, I'm going to put, add this as a fourth one on here, learn to play at least one song on the guitar. So that's what I'm hoping to do in 2017. So, Mark, I know you weren't able to make a list for last year, but uh, what do you have for 2017? Anything that you're looking to achieve this year? Yeah, I wrote down four things. Uh, funny awesome. enough, that music was one of them. So, I'm gonna really good. Three. Yeah, I wanted to maybe like review one. Like, I've got a lot of I have a lot of vinyl, and I wanted to maybe yeah. review one um, soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, awesome! Month. But I'm going to skip that just because, well, you're doing oh, a music okay. thing. 
Um, so I've thought of three things. I want to make this fun for me. Not yeah, that it's not fun, but about. I, I want to make it just more, you know, just put some kinks in things. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is to at least see one movie in the theater a month. Um, okay. I've really slacked off on going to the cinema. So yeah, I want at least one movie a month at the theater. Um, so th- that's one. Um, another one is that my uh, my list on Netflix is actually growing quite long. For every movie <laughs> I erase after watching, uh, four more pop up. Uh, <laughs> same thing with TV shows. I find Netflix is going is growing so quickly globally, and they're accumulating so much content. Um, I would like to do one Netflix TV series a month. Oh, okay. So not anything I have in my DVD collection. So this is a part, but there's so much stuff streaming TV wise that I want to see on Netflix. Um, so and that's, I, you're not sticking strictly to Netflix original series, right? Just something that's on Netflix, correct? Something that's on Netflix, but I'm okay. going to go Netflix original. Oh, you are going to so go. Okay. There will be an, at the same time, no, because like Luther is a series I want to check out. So no, I'm going to go strictly okay. to Netflix. Uh, that's streaming. So stuff I don't have physical media on that's mm-hmm. on Netflix, I'm going to do that. So I like to do one TV show a month. And when it comes to movies, and I'm going to add this all to my new media then when we talk about it, I'm calling yeah. this my Alpha to Zulu Challenge. <laughs> so Alpha I, to Zulu. Yes. So I want to watch a movie alphabetically from A to Z. <laughs> that's Z for those uh, Americans. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, so that's the last letter <laughs> of the alphabet, Z. So I, I want to go A to Z, and then back Z to A three <laughs> times. I'm going to do this. Oh my times. god, I love it. Yeah, let's make it fun. Let's let's make it a little out of reach, so I have to struggle during Christmas right. time. So I want to go A to Z, Z to A, three times this year. Wow. So, so that's. That's six. Twenty six times six, right? Whatever your American math is, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm metric, so I don't know. 26. Oh man, yeah. So 156 movies just in that challenge alone. Yeah, but wow, I, I have to go A B C D E, not fucking A Z F G Q. I'm gonna go okay. alphabetically A to Z <laughs> and back Z to A, and that's one time. I'm gonna do that three times. Wow, Let's I love it. That's fun. fantastic. Let's and this fine. So you were I I would hate to, I, I love the goal that you are kind of erased out of there of the soundtrack mm-hmm. what like reviewing whatever you were gonna what were you what was the goal gonna be uh, one album a month okay man I think it would be so fucking badass if you did that reviewed an album one soundtrack album per month and then did like a YouTube video for it or something or whatever, a video on Instagram, video, Facebook live of it, whatever the case is, that would be such an awesome thing to add to the website. So don't have to put it on here. That's totally fine, but definitely keep that in mind as uh, something that I think would be really uh, awesome for some fashion. So it's if you want to do it, I'm flip- flipping through my albums. I'm like, fuck, I got Jurassic Park on vinyl sealed. I got Jurassic <laughs> World sealed. I've listened oh, to man. Warriors once. Like I got Ugh. stuff here that either is collecting dust, still in the package, mm-hmm. or I've listened to like side A once. Uh, right. But now like I'm mm-hmm. loading up my plate pretty thick here. Uh pretty yeah. high. So Oh yeah. So we'll see. But you know, to add extra content to the yeah. website, it's something I'm uh, I'm willing to do. I might have to get a haircut first to trim the beard. 
<laughs> but then if I do Don't that, then I get fucking chicks at my door. Ringing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm too busy watching movies, ladies. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, awesome. I, I might still have that as a side project. Yeah, and I, I actually might join you on it because I have so much that I've just started collecting, and I would love to, you know, join you on something like that. So yeah, well, we can talk off air, but we can try Absolutely. to maybe set up a a, a, a schedule, a schedule, mm-hmm. and uh, figure something out. Hell yeah, yeah! I'm excited. Uh, I'm I've decided to wait because I was going to do like uh, show all my um, uh, vinyl that I've gotten so far, but I'm actually going to wait until after Christmas and then just show it all as like this is my month in collecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of do something like that each month, um, whether it's vinyl or or movies, whatever I'm collecting that month the most of, um, and show it you know show it off via video that way. So that's what I'm waiting for after Christmas because uh, I know I have. Uh, at least while well, I was out with my mom yesterday, Christmas shopping, and she got me a few things while I was with her. So I know I have some, at least three vinyl coming. So mm-hmm. yeah, so but awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm really excited for 2017 um, and uh, all of our our media related goals. So thank you guys for coming up with some of those. That's a lot of fun. And you know, and if so, any listeners want to do something similar, yeah, let us know about it. You know what? Yep. I would love to have a tally on the website with you know. Yeah. Who's doing what, and then we get it updated, you know, every few weeks. Like that'd be fun just to do this along with everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's always the goal is to you know be able to interact in, in any way possible. So that would be a ton of fun. Yeah. So yeah, send us your lists. That'd be great. So that'll do it for this week and this year. So I know I, I speak for all three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast when I want to say that uh, we want to wish, wish all of our listeners and your families a very happy, healthy, and safe Christmas and a happy new year. We cannot wait for what 2017 has in store for the Cinefessions Podcast, and that wouldn't be possible without all of you guys, our loyal listeners. And we ask, if you've enjoyed what we've produced this year, please tell a friend or two. We would love to be able to reach an even larger audience in 2017, and we can't do that without your support. So thank you for tuning in each and every week. It really means the world to us. So thank you again. As a programming note, remember that we will be taking next week off to celebrate the holidays with our families, but we'll be back at it the following week, which means there will be no episode released next Friday, but we will be back after the new year on Friday, January 6th. 2017. Also, if you have a question for the three of us here at the Cinefessions podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all of your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show, and we will do our best to answer all of them. Again, make sure you tweet using uh, tweet at Cinefessions using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust, or if for some reason you're not on Twitter, call us at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at Cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or whatever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, so we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ash, for all that you've done for me and the website in 2016. Uh, you guys are awesome, so thank you. It's, it's hey, a pleasure. It's Absolutely. All right. So I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening to the 74th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. Have a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays and a wonderful new year. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 